Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you to see how your week is going. Is it going as wonderful as mine? Oh, Jesus, what a fucking week. You know, a few weeks ago, I went to the uh, Penn State game. They were playing Ball State, I think. You know, they had to cover a lot of points, so I'm there with Versi. You know, let's throw some money on the game. Let's have a good time, you know. You know the spread's going to be big when the flyover is helicopters. (laughs) You know it's a big game if you actually get a stealth bomber. But if you get two fucking helicopters that don't quite get there by the end of the fucking song, that's when you know the spread is double digits. All right? This is for gamblers here. All right, so... And the home of the brave. Hooray! 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004. Yay! Um, I found out afterward that I got 300 hours. You don't have to fucking <laughs> fucking look at me like I fly for the news. I don't give. I'm not. This is a hobby. I'm not getting offended by that. You know, there was some hack out there. You know, telling awful jokes that we've seen for a bunch of years, and you were laughing at it. I would be offended by that because I do that for a living. You cannot get offended if somebody steps on the toes of your hobby. I don't know if that's a rule, but that's a rule in my world. I don't. I don't want to hear about your fucking. You know what's funny about a hobby is this is how much you know that how much people hate their fucking jobs is like, have you ever heard the level of passion in somebody's voice about their job, the way they they talk about their fucking hobby? You know what I mean? Like if some guy's into, like some guy's into fishing, like Bobby Kelly did. If you're into, like, fishing, okay, I don't give a fuck what those guys do for a living, okay? Just pick the funnest fucking job ever. At the end of the day, no matter how fun your job is, it becomes a fucking job. Time to make the donuts, no matter what it is. You know, even my fun job. The job's still fun, but, oh, getting there. The older you get, oh, the older you get, you know? You start seeing those glow sticks at LAX and your bottom lip starts quivering. Like, how long is it going to take me to get from these glow sticks to the entrance and from the entrance through that line of cattle in which I am part of that livestock? How long? How long has this been going on? How long is this going to fucking take? You know what I mean? However... I got to tell you, it's the few times I actually fly to go on a vacation, which is very rare because I always got a gig. You know what I mean? I always, I always do a gig when I'm out there to pay for everything. So I keep my head above the water because there's no 401k when it comes to being a comedian. You're on your own. I ain't dying like Larry Fine in a fucking... 
Where the fuck they put him? Talking to a wall. I don't know if he died like that, but, you know, he could have died better. He's one of the three stooges. He would have been 118 years old the other day if Mo didn't slap him around so much. You want to talk about a fucking uh, a CTE case? Larry, fine. Larry, I'm not fine. Thank you very much, Mo. Sorry, these are three Stooges references from the fucking 1940s. Um, anyway, um, yeah, the level of fucking passion somebody has when they talk about that. I don't give a, I think it'd be the whittling. You know, you know what I mean? I started watching on YouTube. I don't know how I got into this. These, this fucking guy has a lathe. That's right, a lathe. I've seen every animal kill every other animal. I've seen every person get hit in the balls as much as they could get hit in the balls. I've seen every month of every fail for the last fucking, I don't know, 15 years. I've seen every resto mod, every, every restoration, every fucking, I don't know, what do you call those? What do you call those cars that they, they build, but they, they don't actually put them out to the public? Those, uh, um, uh, what do they call those fucking things? Whatever. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. Concept car. A concept car. Seen all of those fucking things. Now I am down to, I am watching this guy that has a lathe. For those of you who don't give a fuck about woodworking or anything like that, I believe that's what it's called. It's that thing, you know, where you stick a piece of wood on it and it's, you know, you stick the point in on either end and it spins it. These guys take what look like files that you would use to, to get out of jail back in the day, right? And um, he whittles the fucking thing into something like a piece of art or something. A lot of vases this guy makes. And uh, I just, I don't know, I just started watching that. That's just one of those things, right? Like if you had the, you know, I don't give a fuck what job you had. Like the president of the United States you don't have to sit in traffic. I mean, the downside is you get blamed for everything, but you don't have to sit in traffic. Somebody writes your speeches. You just go up there and you try to say it with an earnest look on your face. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, right? He just fucking, you know, thousand points of light. I'm the decider. Oh, 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 whatever the fuck Obama said. Then you had Donnie Trump, who was just a jazz. He's a jazz singer. He was just up there fucking improv. People looking at the teleprompter and looking at each other like, what the fuck is he talking? I don't know, man. He is on one. He's playing in free time. Right? And you got this guy here, Forgetful Freddy. You know, I don't even know what he, he, he can't even. I don't know that guy. Jesus Christ. He sounds like he's just always telling the the most boring story ever that has no point. And he's just so old and cute. You don't want to get up and walk out of the room. So I just try to avoid him. Um, (laughs) What is my point? So if you're fucking president and you're dealing with that shit all day, right? And now your wife's the first lady. So God knows, you know, she's pushing to do something, you know, which I thought was the new move. With Barack's wife and Bill Clinton's wife. Like, they got all up in there. Like, they fucking got elected, too. You know what I mean? They're making TikTok videos and shit. It's just, hey, let's settle down, ladies. You didn't win the election. <laughs> I, I, I noticed, you know, Bush, Trump, 
And now Joe Biden, like their wives are just like, yeah, man, you know, I'm fucking cool just chilling here in the background, which I got to tell you, that's the kind of first lady I would be. I would just be sitting there, you know, I got to be honest with you, this is the kind of bitch I am. I would literally just be enjoying the perks. That fucking, I don't have a pet project. What's my pet project? Fucking swimming in the pool. (laughs) Utilizing that personal chef. Why, yes, I would like another slider. Then all I got to do is get dolled up whenever my fucking other half is. I would I would crush as the first male first lady. I would fucking crush. I would be like P90X and are doing the elliptical. I would be in savage fucking shape. You know, I wouldn't call attention to it. I just try to see how many speeches it took before people started knowing that I was getting fucking chiseled. That would, that would be the game within the game for me as the first male first lady, you know, typical fucking women, man, you got a great gig and you're looking across the table and all you see is the roses. You just think somebody's got a better, that guy's got dead bodies on his fucking brain every night dead babies and all of this shit from fucking missiles that didn't land where they were supposed to land. This guy's aging in fucking dog years. And they still look across the table and think he got it better. That is the genius of, of being happy with where the fuck you, I would be so, I would just be like, I know the perspective is different because, you know, we only let women out of the kitchen like 30 years ago, or at least that's the level that, that white women are complaining right now. Um, I get it. So they feel like they have to fucking climb the hill. You know what I mean? But I would have to say that even if tables were flipped and women were running shit and I was in a position to further position, further the position of men, I'd have to go anti-vaxxer there and just think for myself. (laughs) I'm doing what's best for me Fuck everybody else. That's, that's the, fuck the group. This is about me. That's, that's the kind of male first lady I would be. Oh man, I would, I would, I would get into Paul Newman shape and I would fucking rip off that guy's wardrobe. I'd be fucking cardigan sweaters when I didn't have to wear a suit. Okay. I would look like a man that knew somebody that was a member of a tennis club. All right. Savage fucking shape. And I would just, I would, you know, have the secret service soundproof one room. And I would just be playing drums all day. I'd probably slip off the wagon, you know. You know, you're like fucking Stevie Wonder and shit coming over to the White House whenever you want. I mean, you can't, you know, at some point, somebody's going to come by with something and I'm going to be, after a while, you probably get bored. This is when you know you're the ultimate freeloader, when you're praying. I'm, I'm praying that my wife gets elected again, not because I feel it's good for the country, is I just don't want to give up the perks. You know what I mean? Because even if my wife goes out and does the fucking speech tour, you know, give speeches to the fucking bankers that, you know, she did exactly what they told her to do so she wouldn't have a convertible ride in Dallas. And we ended up with the mansion in Martha's Vineyard. Still, you know what I mean? 
It's like you're on the other side of it. Your songs are no longer on the charts. The casinos you're playing every year get further and further out into the woods. Yeah. <laughs> And now you got to go back to sitting in traffic. I don't know how. I think that that's why the Rolling Stones still tour. After hearing Steve Gorman's story of their police escorts to and from the arenas that they play, I mean, why would you ever go back to civilian life? I mean, you live on a planet with close to 8 billion people and you never sit in traffic and you travel the world. I mean, that is fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. That's the way to do it. So, yeah, I I don't know why these first ladies, some of them, they just want to fucking busy up their goddamn day. Put your feet up. You're in the White House. Anything you want. You can literally look through your record collection and anybody who's still alive will come over to your house and play for you because they want to go over there. What do you want to do tonight? I don't know. I'll have a club sandwich. Maybe have ACDC <laughs> play an acoustic set. You know, have a couple of pints with Brian and I'm going to call in an evening. What are you doing? Trying to decide whether or not we're going to bomb this country and go to war. That sucks for you, sweetheart. You want a foot massage? Um, that's how I do it. That is exactly the way old freckles. That's how I play the White House. fucking tipping the the, the the I'd be hanging out with the fucking secret service smoking sticks with them don't worry no way I won't tell nobody this, it keeps me calm which keeps the president calm so this is part of your duty to hang out here and have a cigar on the back porch at the fucking white house Sure, it's not that simple. Um, anyway but as I mentioned I am having a great week so I ended up winning like 75 bucks I don't bet big, okay? My head might be big. My head is big. My bets are small. So I um, I won 75 bucks on that. And, uh, you know, so that's just out there, right? It was through Verzi's fucking context. You know, he's Sicilian. He knows a lot, he knows a lot of people. Um, so anyways, the Yankees were playing the Red Sox. As I predicted... As I predicted back in August, the Red Sox, regardless of how bad they were playing, they played nothing but the dregs of the league for the rest of the year, except for a series against Tampa and against the Yankees. We got our asses kicked on both. But I said, if it comes down to a one-game playoff, playoff, right? It is anybody. The fucking Orioles could have beat the Yankees one-game playoff or beat the Red Sox. It's one fucking game. This isn't football. With football, the man wins. For the most part, every fucking week, right? With baseball, you know, baseball is equal opportunity. And any given fucking day, the worst team in the league can beat the best team. It can just happen. So the Yankees fucking, we owned them in the beginning. They owned us in the end and swept us. Gave us the old right there, Fred, I believe, in our own fucking stadium. So I'm sitting there thinking, like, I kind of like that. I would much be rather be the team that got swept 
than to be the sweeper when there's a one-game playoff. If we're going into a series, I like that better because you get to actually see like a matchup. Like a, a one-game playoff, is, it's not a playoff. That's why March Madness is so mad. <laughs> you know, it's one game, man. You fucking come out cold. Next thing you know, it's a fucking 16 seed beats a fucking number one. Uh, we get it, Bill. We watch sports. So I was like, you know, even though I know we're not going anywhere, it'd be fucking cool to end the Yankees season. Pay them back. We're finally even. We're finally even with the New York Yankees as far as playoffs go. We had a one-game playoff with them in 1978. They beat us. We just beat them. Okay? That takes that off the books. All right? We lost a five-game series to them in 1999 when Pedro threw the late, great Don Zimmer. He just sort of, you know, he olayed him down to the ground. We lost that. We beat them in a in a five-game series in 2018. They beat us in a seven-game heartbreaker in 2003. We beat them the next year in a seven-game. So we are now even with that. We broke their hearts equally in the playoffs. All right, we'll never catch their championships. But it's nice, you know, we're whittling away at it. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So, um... And now what I love, I love that Tampa Bay has kicked our ass the whole fucking year. So we're going in there. We're supposed to lose. So you just walk in there, fat, dumb, and happy. Next thing you know, I fucking won a game. We're going to win another game. I remember talking to somebody. I was on the road. And I talked to a former Edmonton oiler. And he was talking about, I think, in 1980 or 81. No, 1980. Canadians were in the midst. They'd won 76, 77, 78, and 79. They were the team to beat. And then the upstart Edmonton Oilers came in, which I put up there with the fucking 1970s Steelers as far as, like, who they drafted and what. It's just, it just doesn't happen. You know? Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, Yari Curry, Paul Coffey, Grant Fuhrer. I mean, they, they were kids, and they were all destined to be Hall of Famers with their name all over the cup. So they played him in 1980 in the playoffs. So one of these guys in Edmonton was, I would go, what were you thinking when you got there? And he said, he go, oh, we didn't think we were going to win. We just, we couldn't fucking believe we were playing him because we were kids. And one of the stories he told me, was that when Guy Lafleur would start winding up at the forum, you know, and coming up the ice, he said the whole fucking forum would would be going, Guy, cheering his name. And he said when he would skate by, they were doing it too. (laughs) That's how, that's how fucking young they were. And that's how they were like literally two years removed from just being fucking fans of the NHL, if not one year. And now they're playing in it against, like, um, their heroes. Let me see. I think they've swept them. 1980, Edmonton versus Montreal. Somebody just said prediction. Um, Edmonton Oilers. Wait a second. This is December 13th. No, playoffs, playoffs. Maybe it was 80, 81. 
Let's see, playoffs. Talk myself into a corner here. All I know is they won. How about that? Can I just tap out on that? They displayed much more poise and purpose than the unflappable. 19 preliminary round, Edmonton versus Montreal. Edmonton won 6-3, to 3-1, 6-2, and that was it. Oh, it was best three out of five. They swept them. 6-3, 3-1, 6-2. Go fuck yourself. The first two games, um, I believe they might have been in Montreal. Unreal. So there you go. Goes back to the uh, the Red Sox, hopefully. I mean, that's not quite the same thing as far as a bunch of kids. But who cares? We, we, what the fuck do we got to lose? We got nothing to lose. So we, we shall see what's happening. I won't see what happens because I'm in the midst of getting ready for this fucking check ride I got here. So we'll see how it goes. I don't know about this one, guys. I passed the other ones. I don't know about this one. This, this is a lot of shit. This is a lot of shit. I might have to pass this in segments. I will get it done by the end of the year. And as long as I do, who gives a fuck? So I'm going in there. I'm having a good time. Um, who's getting new? That's all bullshit. I want to make this fucking happen. Um, so, oh my God, dude, if I fucking pass this thing, if I pass this thing, I got my special, I got my rating. I'm fucking F is for family is wrapped. I, I like my, I have nothing to do except play with my kids. This is the dream. This is the dream. And tell my shit jokes around the world and occasionally wait for some cool acting gig to come in. I am in the sweet spot. Thank you. And the dismount. I'll tell you, he is a handsome first lady, that Bill Burr. Oh, man, I would love that. I got to get my wife to run for president. You know, I think it's time. Now is the time for the first Female, personally. What if my wife came out of nowhere and beat the uh, Kamala Harris? I was going to say the vice president, not the Kamala Harris, like the Ohio State University. Um, that is her name, right? I don't fucking know. I have no idea. I don't pay attention. You know what? I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. I am proud. I don't want to watch somebody looking like he's giving a fucking book report. <laughs> On some book he didn't want to read or didn't really read. I just can't. I mean, we've been dealing with that. There's not been a good speech given since fucking Obama. Trump's were horrific. Biden's, I, I don't even know what they are. I mean, they, they shouldn't even, they should be, uh, I don't, I don't know what they should be categorized as. Fireside ramblings. Oh, Bill, come on, man. Can't you be a little nicer to the fella? He's just an old fella. Dude. By the way, what is the fucking deal? The last two, the last two presidents combined are like 190 years old. Um, all right. So, so I've been watching this person whittle. And um, also I've been watching this guy because I've been, you know, finally progressed past, you know, my shoulders being fucked up. And now I, I found this thing. I saw this woman at the gym doing like these back bends. I'm like, why the fuck do you get that limber? So I just looked it up and I found this guy on like a yoga mat and he's showing how to stretch out your upper back. And I got to tell you, dude, it is, uh, it is about as effeminate a position as you could be in. <laughs> but I was sitting there going like, but wait a minute, if you are that fucking flexible, I won't fuck my shoulders up again. I'll be doing this. He even said one of the stretches. You'd probably be too embarrassed to do this at the gym. It's basically all variations of like doggy style 
doggy style up against the wall. It's really, really submissive. Uh, to be done in the garage, not in front of your wife. Um, anyway, um, how about the Chargers versus the Raiders? Great game the other night. And uh, I got to be a douche. I got to be a douche here. I tweeted about it. Uh, one of the guys in the announcer, we all make mistakes. So I'm not saying this guy doesn't know what he's doing. But when he was talking about how many Raiders fans there were versus Charger fans, he goes, Raider fans were like, hey, we were here first. And oh, I was like, not so fast. Broadcaster, sir. That is not true. The Los Angeles Chargers, formerly the San Diego Chargers, a lot of people forgot, including that man in the booth, that before they were formal, they would they, they Los Angeles Chargers, formerly San Diego Chargers, formerly the Los Angeles Chargers. Yes, in 1960. The first year of the AFL. They played one year in Los Angeles. Now, I know a lot of Raider fans are like, oh, you know, big fucking deal, only one year. It wasn't about amount of years. He said who was first. Stick with the jargon. Stop trying to worm your way out of it. Um, Raider, Raiders fans came out in force, and they, played, they were wearing one of my favorite uniforms in sports, the Raiders White jersey with the silver number is the best fucking professional NFL football uniform ever. 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 And, you know, the universe always balances itself, which is why when you look at their fan base, so many of them are dressed up like they're in the Pirates of the Caribbean, the musical. I don't know what is going on. With their fans. I wouldn't fuck with any of their fans, but I got to be honest with you. You know, not like I'm a fashionista here, but I, I you know, I, I, they look like they're going to a fucking Halloween party. Um, I don't know why people think that that is intimidating. <laughs> to dress like, uh, I like your, I like the flair of your character. What's your character's name? Um, Anyway, and, and shout out to Charger fans for not dressing like different, like weather, like clouds, and then someone else is a fucking lightning bolt. Now, you know, goddamn well somebody did that. You know, goddamn well somebody did. Um, all right. Anyway, let me do a little bit of the reads here. Let me do a little bit of the reads here. All right. Here's my manly moment of the day. Today, I was fucking landing a helicopter, and it was between a, f- and where my little helipad was, was between an A star. And an R22, both of them were getting ready to take off. So the main rotors are fucking spinning. And my instructor's like, you think you can get it in between there? And I was like, yeah. And I did it. And I set it down. I felt like such a fucking badass. Secretly knowing that I wasn't, but knowing the perception of someone that watched me do that, were like, man, that guy, that guy's cool, man. That guy never questions the decisions he makes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, I will never be that guy. You know, I questioned everything I did in the last 20 minutes for the next 20 minutes. And then I questioned that 20 minutes, go, why did I just waste that 20 minutes thinking about the previous 20 minutes? That's where I'm at. All right, Romans, everybody. You know, most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but thinking about baseball doesn't always work. 
Oh, this means you, you jizz too quick. The folks at Roman, <laughs> an online men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipe. Why can't you just talk your way out of that? And just be like, listen, this is how excited I am to be a father. I want it to happen yesterday. Now, uh, the secret to longer lasting sex. Roman swipes are clinically proven, are clinically proven way to last longer in bed. They're effective, easy to use, and fast acting, but don't require a prescription. Another way it could go. Hey, it's not my fault. I'm in, I'm, I'm in touch with my body. You know, I know what I like. I know what I got to think about. You know? I'm living my best life. My orgasms are for me. Roman can ship swipes to you in discreet. I thought that said in the desert. In discreet, unmarked packages. And each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Do they have like different size swipes for depending on how hot you think the girl is? Um, <laughs> smoking hot chick. You literally got a face cloth just covered from your navel all the way down to your knees. And then if she's, you know, some battle axe, you know what I mean? You just got like a, uh, it's like you tear a quarter off a Kleenex. Um, Swipes are great. They will not transfer to your partner so you can last longer without worrying. They're super easy to use. Just take the swipes out of the packet, swipe it on, let it dry, and you're good to go. That's it. Do they have different size swipes for different size dicks? Um... What if you got one of them fucking monster hogs? You know what I mean? Like, what's your overhead on this? Do they have, like, bigger ones for that? For the guys who get the, uh, what, are those, what are those condoms called that I never had to buy? The Magnums. The Magnums, the Meat Hammer. The fucking uh, Horsecock. Horsecock Trojans. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash burn. Get $10 off your first order of swipes plus free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash Burr for $10 off your first order of swipes plus free two-day shipping. If Yankee fans want to last longer, they can think of that one-game playoff last night. Oh, cheap shot, cheap shot, sorry. You got 27, you know, which I'll never forget because that's all they can say now. We did stuff before. Headspace, everybody. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket sized guide that help you sleep slash focus slash act slash be better it's gonna make you a better actor uh there is and if you have 10 minutes headspace can change your life man next please mention all of the talking points below well that's pretty hostile for a fucking meditation app all right relax next thing you know you're gonna tell me you're jesus and then we're gonna move to central america and and i gotta drink the fucking juice with you headspace man is your daily dose of mindfulness, man, in the form of guided meditation, man, in an easy-to-use app. Headspace, man, is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness, man, and meditation through clinically validated research, baby. So whatever the situation, man, Headspace, man, really can help you feel better, man. Overwhelmed? Take a chill pill, man. Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Yes. Headspace has a wind-down session their members swear by. And for parents, do they have a block-out-your-wife's-reality-TV whores on the flat-screen fucking SOS app? And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. 
You can meditate with your kids. Jesus Christ. Headspace is bad. Do you beat your kids? They're afraid of you. They're going to be quiet. I can't get my kids. My kids, my kids look at me like I'm, I'm, I'm one of the rides at a fucking playground jumping on my neck. You know, today I was laying there, had my eyes closed. My daughter leapt up in the air and landed like Hulk Hogan's finishing move right on my fucking, not even my chest, half stomach. She got all the rib cage. Oh, the noise I made actually made her cry. She thought she broke me. <laughs> I just went, I went, oh, oh, sweetheart, buddy, you can't do that. Oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> but how scary it was seeing your parents get hurt. You thought they were invincible. Anyway, Headspace, man, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits. Yeah, this is great, man. Meditating from what I heard. If I could fucking slow down, I would do this. 600, I actually, I did do this for a while. Like usual, I got too fucking busy. I got to do it again. 600,000 five-star reviews and over 60 million downloads. Headspace, wait a minute. That's one in every 10 thinks it's fucking great. Is that right? No. One in every hundred, five star. Okay, Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you or your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, man. Headspace is meditation made simple. Go, go to headspace.com slash burr. That's headspace.com slash burr for a free one-month trial. I have this on my phone. When I use it, I feel better. I act better. I'm a better person. For some dumb reason, I, st- I should do it again. With access to Headspace, full library of meditation for every situation you can think of. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash burr today. They even have a fucking meditation for when you get a swipe that's too small for your dick. And she's the hottest chick you've ever seen. That guy will talk. you. Just the sound of his male voice will make you come later. Um... All right, where the hell are we? Is that the end of the podcast? I believe it is. Well, look at that. It's the end. This is the end. My only friend, the end. Now, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, you got to be rooting for them, for that city to sweep all the championships, unless you're a Red Sox fan. Who's kidding who? It's Tampa, all right? They need they need something good to happen, all right? They're Tampa, all right? L. Ron Hubbard had a boat dock there, okay? They need help. They need this, all right? So I'm rooting for them, but not against the Red Sox, but I'll root for them other than that. Um, All right, that is it. Um, And now, before we end the podcast, uh, we have my NFL chat of the week with the one and only Paul Verzi. From it's a little excerpt from our uh, actually, it's not an excerpt, it's uh, something that we do for bet. Uh, MGM. And last week, me and Paul Verzi slapped that casino around going three and one each. We went six and two against the spread. So uh, what does that tell you? Only the lucky. We got lucky last week. Um, Actually, Verzi's having a good year. I'm not having a good year gambling. But uh, here we go. You can listen to our picks for next week. Listen to them. Bet against us. Keep score. Do whatever you want couple of meatheads talking football here we go what's up everybody and welcome back to the anything better nfl week five preview okay uh and the offer guys the, it's an amazing offer by bet 
BetMGM. As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks. We'll have special offers for our listeners every week. Okay, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code BURR, B-U-R-R. You'll get $100 free after placing your first $1 bet. Here's how it works. You download the BetMGM app and you sign up using the bonus code BURR, B-U-R-R. Place your first dollar money line bet on any game. You'll receive $100 in free bets immediately after placing your bet, regardless of the outcome of the bet. Just make uh, make sure you use bonus code Burr uh, when you sign up. So you're going to get a hundred dollars, man, right there um, on, uh, on on your bets. So make sure you sign up. That is B U R R. All right, guys. Here's what went down this week. Uh, everybody was was. You guys are really jumping on what me and Bill's picks are. Some are some are betting what I'm betting. Some are betting what Bill's betting. But both of us managed. Both of us managed this week to go three and one, which when you're picking four games in the NFL, that's damn good. Means we went, uh, you know, means we went six and two together. We're still, we're still not quite at 500 or maybe right there. I think you're at 500, but I got to tell you something. I'm two, I'm two games under. I was looking at four and oh, and the Tom Brady Buccaneers. I was thinking you were dead. I'm going, Oh my God. I'm going, I am. I'm going, I'm two and oh, and now the 49ers are winning by seven. I might go four and oh. Bill is screwed. Bill is screwed. Then I look at Bill's picks because Andrew sent them to me and I go, oh my God, he's three and oh. <laughs> he's three and oh. And then you had the fourth game on which was really one of the best games of the week. That Sunday night game, man. And I got to tell you something. I give the Patriots credit to have that 56 yard attempt in the rain hit the fucking thing. They almost won that game. Um, great I know week. there was a couple people sent me text go, what do you think of that call? They should have gone for it. It's just like, what do you, it's a 56 yarder. It's the end of regulation. Go ahead and go kick the fucking thing. He kicked it long enough. It just hit the goddamn upright. If that thing falls in, Tom Brady, it takes a year off his life. (laughs) If that thing falls in, dude, I'll tell you this: when you when you when you're betting a when you your team kicks a field goal and it hits that fucking upright with those microphones, you never forget that sound. Uh, I always thought it was like plastic. No, it's dude. I got to give you credit where credit's due. I loved, loved, not only did I love, I love that you won it. I loved your Buffalo Bills. Oh, you know me. A 17. I mean, who loves a deep favorite like me and then having it cover? Because you know my sayings on favorites, guys. They did what they were supposed to do, and they put up 40 on them. I know. The fact that you loved it made me nervous because (laughs) Paul Verzi, nobody predicts a bloodbath. If you were a meteorologist, what's the weekend going to be like? Oh, it's going to be a bloodbath. Nothing but rain. Six foot of snow. Oh, shit. I thought it was going to happen. Every, every, you, you see a nor'easter every fucking weekend. <laughs> my my uh, thing, I got outside of what it is that I do, Paul. That's why I'm having a tough year here. All right? Two things I did. I'm, fuck, I got the kids now. So I'm, 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 I'm not paying attention the way I need to as a degenerate gambler. And then number two, I'm taking favorites like a fucking idiot. All right. Well, all listen. my underdogs, Paul, all my underdogs have been winning. Take the points. There's Get no the excuse. Fuck out with we're, your money. No, we're, we're in the deep end now. There's no excuses. First of all, Paul, I had a better I, week than you. Huh? 
I had a better week than you. What do you mean? We both because we went head to head on San Francisco and fucking Seattle. Well, here's how you had a better. We week. went head to head, Paul. Paul, we went head to head, and I told you Seattle. I said Sneaky Pete's gonna come in there. Sneaky Pete's gonna come in there, and they're gonna fucking win. And old Sneaky Pete with his Letterman sweater, looking like some guy you can trust, came in. He dropped their fucking panties. Gave him the did. old how's your fucking you know what? And he, he ran out of there with the victory. And here's the type of friend that I am. Okay, here's what I'm. Here's the fucking guy that you're friends with. Okay, okay. Don't dislocate your elbow, patting yourself on the back. Okay, what what do we got here? Congratulations on knocking my Yankees out. It hurt. It hurt. You won seventy five bucks because we bet seventy five bucks. We uh, went the cycle on you, Paul. We beat you was, guys in a seven game series, a five game series, and a one game series. There's no other way we can beat you in October. So you guys have to win the next time, or else we're lapping you now. Yeah. Well. Did you I mean, ever see, think a Red Sox fan could talk see, to you like this, Paul? See, that, this is what I'm saying. And this is what sucks is I came in like a gentleman and I fucking gave the No, credit. you didn't. I said, congratulations. No. Fuck you fucking Yankee cunts. This is what? what you guys, this is what you do when you lose. I said, congratulations. I'm really happy for you guys. I just want to put my tie on and say, congratulations. Uh, You're trying to get out of the shit talk. No, no, no. I'm not a shit talk. Let me I, tell you something, Paul. Let me tell you something. I know you as a sports fan. I remember when the Giants beat the Patriots the first time. You were like, yeah, we rammed it up your fucking asses. I remember I all of that shit like you that. said. I didn't say it like you that. You absolutely said that. I was standing in Tom Papa's living room, another Giant fan. I had it in fucking stereo. I had to listen to a guy who makes bread give me shit. We were barely friends. I didn't even know you then. It was like our first barely friends. Yeah, we, it was like wow. 06, 07, 07. Wow. I didn't know you. We had two conversations. So what? So you don't know me? So then you're a cunt. So then this was, no, who's, this, was who's this new phony guy I met? Oh, I was a fucking mid 20s dope. I'm happy that you, I'm not happy. I remember won. Regis Philbin. Regis Philbin, rest his soul. When the Red Sox came back and won in 2004, he goes, oh, he's like, what's with these Red Sox fans? You know, you won. Get over it. Okay. And just completely ignored that you guys chanted 1918 in our faces. So much so that everyone in the league was doing it to us. You got ah, the whole fucking time. Look at your eyes. You know it's true. And then you no. fucking lose. And then you, you as Pete Corielli oh. would say, you're running hard. I, I was I was gonna say it was a good Regis you did. I mean, I'm huh? just full of, I'm, I was gonna say it was a good Regis you did. I'm full of compliments. Listen, Paul. Anyway, you had a better week. You had a better week. Don't get used to it. Okay. Because huh? listen, because listen, listen. I went three and one, two. We're right neck and neck. Let's no, 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 Paul. No, no. Let's let, we went head to head on a game. Okay. We faced each other, Paul. We happened. Okay. At Arthur Ashe stadium. We both right. came out with that little bookie visors on and we went out there and we picked a fucking game. I know what you're trying to do. I just figured it out. I just figured you out. You're trying to get me and it's, Oh, it's working. You're trying to get me to want to beat you and talk a little shit. Okay. Okay. You want it to stir the fire? Let's go. I got first. Pick oh, this week. Paul's look, Paul's looking for someone right now. Minus 18. <laughs> All right. Put the fucking back up the truck. This I is can't. the pick. Paul, you're going to beat me this week. I'm going to tell you why, because I haven't even fucking looked at these things yet. No, uh, Andrew. Yeah, I know you you've been studying like like the, you know, Paul, no, you know, if you, you applied yourself in other areas of your life the way you do with your gambling, <laughs> I swear to God. 
Andrew, can you scroll? I can't. I need that to like. That portrait be stained by now. I'm going to say that this would be, and, and every time I've said the lock, it's been wrong, but I'm going to say this is my lock of the week, okay? Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars have had a disastrous week. Urban Meyer was in a bar. Chick is dancing all over him. She it's gets no shit. Nobody te- nobody says anything about the guy that filmed it, the fucking rat. But go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the guy's filming it. He's sitting there, the whole deal. Apparently, Urban Meyer then apologizes to the team, doesn't fly with them, stays in and gets caught out with family and then out drinking again, doesn't fly with his own team. To me, that says disarray. And the Tennessee Titans are coming. Wait, he off went of- out boozing again? He went out boozing again, dude. Dude, that is that is 1970s Raiders football. What are you talking about? Jacksonville Jaguars owner made him say he needs to earn respect back. I mean, the the organization is in disarray. They're winless. And the Tennessee Titans lost a heartbreaker to the Jets. I am taking the Tennessee Titans minus four to the fucking bank. Okay? I think you're totally reading it wrong, Paul. Okay. Well, I we'll think be- the owner is saying what people want him to say. He needs to earn the respect of the players. What, he got, what, he got 50 Tim Tebow's there? Look, Urban Meyer went out and did what half of them are doing every fucking weekend. They don't give a shit. Well, I'm just saying, I think if you don't fly with your team after a loss, that says a lot. And well, I Because think you're it- still out there boozing, chasing ass? Yeah, while your fucking linebacker sitting there fucking hurting, put, putting him's body out there for you, you're out of the fucking Hooters. Fuck him. Players aren't interested in that. Fuck him. I'm taking the Tennessee Titans with my first pick. Minus I think you're four. out of your fucking mind. All right, let's go to head to head. They're with. laughing. They're saying he's balling. All right, let's go ahead. And I think the Tennessee Titans, you know, they they got a running back. All right. Well, listen, Paul. This just. Never listen to a corporation say they're ashamed. They're not ashamed. That just means we got caught. They don't care, Paul. Paul, there is whores. We stood outside the Buccaneers Stadium. There, a fucking prostitute walked up to us. Do we know she was a prostitute? Yes. <laughs> Most of us knew. Other people were taking her compliments, thinking the shit was legit. Uh <laughs> Oh, Polly positive. Uh, um, she came out of the weeds, Paul. She, she came did. out of the weeds. She was like 90 years past her fucking prime. Um, approaching eight guys waiting for an Uber. All right. Uh, what do we got here? I'm going to go. I'm going with the Buffalo Bills. Going into Kansas City. Hostile. It's loud. They're, 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 they're getting three points. Um, I'm going to take a chance here. Go that on, the, honey. That, that, take that, a that, chance. Sorry. That the Chiefs... I felt like I was shaking diamonds out of my fucking bunny, bunny hair there, whatever the fuck you call that. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills plus three. I think that they are a solid football team. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Because I'm thinking, though, is this the one we're fucking... No, but they've been questioning Mahomes, which is so fucking stupid. They're going like, is he the same guy that we saw last fucking year? Right? They always do that shit. Like, Tom Brady goes to fucking Tampa and wins. They question whether Bill Belichick knows what the fuck he's doing. 
as a coach. Like maybe it was Tom Brady. Maybe Tom Brady called him as an eight-year-old when they won as the Giants the first two fucking times. Um, that's it. I'm sticking with it. Okay. Going with the Buffalo Bills, Paul. Bam! Right down on a fucking coffee table, whatever they do. The Bills Mafia. Paul, I'm dancing with what brung me. Here going comes the Buffalo Bills. Going into Kansas City. I like it. Like Josh Allen. Here's my uh here's my second pick. It's also a favorite. All right, I'm getting oh Paul, he's back to his old ways. <laughs> I'm taking the Giants. No. I am taking the Los Angeles Rams minus two and a half after a loss in Seattle, beating the Seattle Seahawks and getting back to their winning ways after a loss. They only got to win by a fucking field goal, which they're going to do. There you go. First two picks, Tennessee Titans minus four, Los Angeles Rams minus two and a half over the Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to tell you why I like that, Paul. Because Seattle, I've been betting them all year. They're erratic. Okay? They're not like the Saints. The Saints, you got no idea who the fuck's going to show up. But there's something about them, Paul. That is exactly what they're going to go into that loud stadium, and they might shut those people up. Um, Who do I got next, Paul? I have no idea. I'm going to tell you, just for the fun of it. Just for the fun. Just for the fucking fun of it, Paul. I'm going to say it's Jacksonville, Florida. And the oh! shit, and the shit that you see walking down the street is nothing. Yeah. Yes, we got a head-to-head, baby. Like that, that fucking. We should have to do a head-to-head every week. I think you're reading the team. I think. I'm listen. I don't think they give a fuck. I don't think they give a fuck. The corporation is pretending to care, Paul. You're talking about this is the NFL. Okay, they had they had a they had a fucking guy knock a woman out and drag in an elevator, dragging down the hall by her fucking hair. They gave him two games, two games. You t- think that they care that he was in a Hooters and some chick backed her fucking no dad hanging around ass up into his dick? They don't care. His Dude, wife you, cares. You can't be a fucking general and leave your soldiers after. What would happen if General? We talking about. Come on. What's his yeah. face did that in World War II? They called him old blood and guts. His guts and our blood. Patton. He did right? that? Was it Patton? General Patton walked away after a loss? I don't no. want to talk shit about the wrong general. It wasn't Eisenhower. Who were the biggest generals? It was it was Patton, Eisenhower, Calvin Coolidge. I forget. I didn't pay that, attention to school. I'll tell you what. That Urban Meyer move, staying with his team flying alone, that's a sneaky Pete move. That's a sneaky people. All those college coaches, all those college coaches are like fucking sneaky Pete. Those guys got a little backdoor exit. Fuck that guy. Let's go head to head. Tennessee Titans. That's a stupid bet. I'm throwing away money because you know what? I think the guy's a bit of a head case. You know, they say anytime he has a fucking pro, anytime, you know, the fucking wolves are at the door, all of a sudden he goes, oh, my heart can't take it. And he leaves. He fucking leaves. Um... You know what I'm going to take? I'm going to take Joe Burrow. The Bengals. Getting three. Getting three because I think everybody's taking the Packers. I think everybody's liking the Packers. I think what the Bengals have been doing, I think Joe Burrow's for real. I think his knee's feeling great. I think people believe in him. I think Cincinnati makes some great ribs. There's a whole bunch of things for me to like about the Cincinnati Bengals. I like the Paul. 
I like the Bengals. Their helmets, the same color as my pubes, right? I'm into it. Let's do it. All right. Well, you guys want a lock? Here's a lock. This is a lock. Are you ready for this? This is Jesus, a lock. Paul, you're like crazy Eddie. Everything's a fucking insane deal. How can they, how can there be two locks in one week? You just like, talked to that guy. He said a couple times a year, there is a lock. All right. I am going to take the Las Vegas Raiders at home, at home after that loss against the Chicago Bears minus five and a half. John Gruden's going to give them a nice week of practice. Let them know, look, guys, we're not invincible. And then come home and put it on the Bears. I want to ask you this, Paul. What do you think of the Bears? You buying or selling, Paul? You think they're overrated? I think they got a young quarterback that's still figuring it out. And there's a little bit of quarterback controversy. I don't Is like it still it. Mitch Trubisky. Who, who's who's quarterbacking no. out? Vinny no, Testaverde come back. Who's out? No, who's out there? It was it was Andy Dalton for a couple weeks, and now it's the new kid from Ohio State, Justin Fields. Jesus Christ, dude! That that team is like a halfway house for foster quarterbacks. At some point, <laughs> if you can't get a ride in the NFL, if you just cannot get a fucking contract, at some point you're going to play quarterback for the Bears, and it used to be the Browns. Like, that was just a revolving – it's like you were walking into Macy's. Remember that in Platoon? <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're going to love the nom for fucking ever, right? That's the last quarterback as you come into town and he's going out of town to be a backup in, in uh, Denver or some shit. That's, so, yeah, so that's my third, the Vegas, the Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Minus five and a half. I got to tell you, Paul, you've picked three games and you've given us two locks. Yeah. Paul Verzi. Two locks. Lockless Paul Verzi. <laughs> All Paul's locks are in gamble. Um, what am I gonna do here? What am I gonna do here? What this is this is a classic. You can tell this guy's not gonna win money. He's just scrolling, looking at games. I don't know why. Why do the Pittsburgh Steelers look good to me? Minus one against the Denver Broncos. Is that because Craig Morton isn't there anymore, Paul? Maybe. No John Elway. No Peyton Manning, you know, dude. The regular had anything. A lot of great quarterbacks out there, but well, they go. Oh no, they got they got they got Teddy Bridgewater. Could present some problems. I I, I keep thinking Teddy is still out. Uh, where the hell was think, he last year? I think Teddy got hurt though. Yeah, that'd be that'd be some information you probably need to know before you. Yeah, Teddy's hurt. You know, Paul, I just some something part of me just wants to take the Cowboys to beat the shit out of your Giants. Just to, I just want to stir the pot this week. I don't know what Oof. it is, Paul. Oof. I don't know what it is, Paul. Minus seven at home. No, that's a fucking divisional rivalry. I don't like that at all. I see another lock out there. This is lock week. I'm call Andrew, call this lock week. I see and there's another lock out there. You're staring it in the face, Bill. It's staring at you in the face. I can't believe I don't see it, Paul. I can't believe I don't have your confidence. What is it about you never playing football past the high school level that lets you read these tea leaves so well? Ah, fuck. I, I, I want to have money on that Browns-Chargers game because I think it's going to be fucking great. Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good one. And I was really impressed with their running back last week. I'm wondering about the Browns' defense. They got they got what's-his-face-is back, the blonde-haired dude who makes the one-handed catches. He's back on offense. I love Baker Mayfield. I feel like the guy's the winner. But they're playing in San Diego. They got the California kid. 
Josh Herbert, oh, God, two and a half, Paul. Why is that such a perfect number? Is it a letdown game, Paul? They won two. They won back. to They beat the Chiefs. Then they beat the Raiders. And this is the week. This is the week, Paul. Do they say that we are the motherfuckers of the AFC? Can they say that? Do they have to apologize afterwards? I'm just stalling right now. Can I phone a friend on this one? Um, I am going to take... Ah, fuck it! I'm taking the Cleveland Browns. I'm going 0-4 this week, Paul. I'm taking the Cleveland Browns. Low, It's a low spread. That goes either way. That's a good pick. I don't know about that. I think All right, man. I think everything I've said so far has been stupid. All right. Well, I'm conflicted with my last one, dude, because I'm going to tell you right now, the Steelers at home after a devastating loss, minus one to the Broncos without Teddy Bridgewater is really, really, really appealing. That game is, I mean, that game, Andrew, you like that one? But then the other one I love. <laughs> I love he just threw that out to Andrew. Didn't even wait for an answer. No, you, Andrew, Andrew like that one? Oh, he was doing the thumbs up. I didn't see it. Sorry. No, he was doing a thumbs up. But then I also love the Monday Night Ravens minus six and a half. I was looking at that. They're exciting. So do I take the Steelers? You know something? There was a lot. I'm going to fucking flip it. I was going to take the Ravens, but you know what? Mike Tomlin said all the right things. Ben Roethlisberger said all the right things. They're at home after a loss. And, oh, Paulie loves the homecoming theory. I mean, the homecoming theory has been my bread and butter. Teddy Bridgewater, if he's is playing, he's banged up. I got the Steelers minus one at home after a loss. I like the hand thing. That added some excitement to it. I got the Steelers. Put it on the board. Who's that? Hawk Harrelson. Oh, I'm excited about my picks this week. I like them. Uh, Paul, I feel like I'm in the clouds right now. I was looking at that Monday night game, the Ravens, because you know Uncle Ray's maybe going to show up. Oh, yeah. He's going to do his dance and split his slacks. It's going to get everybody all fucking amped up. Who do the Colts got? They don't got what's his face. I almost said Magikowski, Philip Rivers. They don't have him anymore, no, right? Carson, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Carson came and he went. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Anything better is going to be 20 minutes tonight. <laughs> Wait a fucking second. Kyler oh, he's Murray. throwing a curveball. He's Wait, throwing it, a I mean, how many times can I bet on Arizona and fucking win? How many weeks in a row are they actually going to fucking cover? Is Jimmy Garoppolo? No, he's not practicing this week. It doesn't look like he's playing. Oh, please. He's too good looking to sit out a start. He wants to go down there and have the cheerleaders winking at him as he goes down the fucking field. Hey, Jimmy. <laughs> hey, Jimmy. How'd you learn to throw that pigskin? Do you want to fuck me? Exactly. <laughs> exactly how it goes. Uh, I love you picking the Rams in Seattle. I love that fucking pick, you fucking bastard. I like your picks, Paul. I think I think it is a luck. All right, let's go division rivalry here. The fucking Lions and the Vikings. You know, I don't like when a division rival's favored by nine. I'm going to take the fucking Lions. I'm going to go 0-4 this week, Paul. I'm betting on the fucking Lions. I should have my head examined. Oh, shit. All right. The Lions to get off the schneid. I like I like it. Getting getting nine. Division getting nine. All right. Well, there you have it, everybody. That's our week five preview. Those are our picks. 
We are on the we are on the doorstep of above 500. Let's see what happens. You're 500, Paul, because I'm a game behind you, so I'm two games under. I'm Andrew, seven and nine. You're eight and eight. Okay. I well, think you are right. I, I was one ahead with this third week, so yeah. And then we tied this week. Yep. Before you answer that, let me just get into. <laughs> People are like, "What's going on?" We are here. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, no, no. We are here with uh, the week four preview. Okay, and we got Jason Scott. It is correct. That's my name. Yep, we got Jason Scott with us, who is going to give us the ins and outs of of bookmaking and what he sees with the NFL every week, and and let us know if we are just flipping a coin or if there is some uh, method to our madness. So, welcome to our uh, anything better NFL uh, week four, um, you know, preview. Go over here. Perfect. So, how do we get the numbers? Can I tell you, it's not the bookmakers; it's the betters. So there are a lot of bettors now that are incredibly sophisticated. There's one group betting in this country that employs 300 quants, and they're running numbers and they're doing whatever they are. What we have at BetMGM and the other big operators in the country too is really sophisticated data technology. And we'll know that, well, when Bill bets, the market moves. He's right. So we'll move it this way towards your market. Then another sharp might bet the other way. And we're basically looking for a balancing point where we can take money on both sides. But as the customer's telling us, don't, don't let any of the bookmakers take the credit. We're using that, the intelligence that's out there in the market. And we land in the right spot. When we're getting money on both sides, well, it's the right spot. How do you get, well, if you have money on both sides, is it just the, how do you make money then? If you've got 50 grand on one side, 50 on the other, you're paying out, is it just the VIG? No, 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 but I didn't say we take the same amount of money on both sides. We take the same amount of sharp money on both sides. So what does we, that might mean? Only, we might have 100,000 customers, but there's only 100 that, I, that, I, that we use to move the market. So these are guys, wow. when they bet, the market moves their way. And there's huge stories about uh, pros versus Joes. Often the public, like this week, I can tell you, Green Bay will be our worst result. No one's going to want to take Cincinnati plus three and a half at home. All the all the all the Joes, all the public will be on Rogers, but we've already seen the Sharps are just chipping away at the Bengals already. Oh, okay. You know, we've had a few examples of that game. The other big one was the Raiders versus uh, the Ravens in Week One. All of the pros wanted to be on the Raiders, and so so that evens out. So sometimes we end up with a balanced book, but other times we end up with ninety ten. You know, last what happens there? Are you guys, you guys actually going like? nervous when all the pros jump on one and everybody that everybody that listens to them by, by pros they're basically not only betting a lot of money they're driving a lot of traffic towards what they're saying yeah they are. look this sounds a little bit overconfident but we've been on four and a half million markets a year now so we've been on 350 markets in a football game we know that our model works that we're going to have some ups and downs where i get nervous is the super bowl because it's just it's so much bigger than the game and it, it, the, the liabilities are out of whack with the rest of the year. But we know in an, over a week, over a month, over a year, we'll sort of hit our big, hit our margin big. What's the worst you guys ever lost? Well, you thought like, man, we're going to have to shut it. We're going to have to shut this casino down, turn it into uh, a, a smoothie bar. Yeah, look, I think I think we've had a few this year. And we, we're getting, obviously, we're getting bigger each each uh, month right now. We went into Arizona last 
uh, 9th of September, and the numbers there have been enormous. Uh, the worst result that I think we would have had where we where the Ravens say is if the Chiefs had have won that Sunday night football game three weeks ago. That, oh, that, yeah. Where 36-35 or whatever it was. That one was as ugly as I've seen. Uh, Jason, quick question. Somebody said when all the money is going, and I mean, obviously nobody knows if this is true, but have you seen this when if all the money's going somewhere, right? Like, let's just say, you know, the Patriots like three years ago are going into like a, after a, lo- a a hard loss to the Dolphins, they're going and it's a lock and everybody, like he said, 95%, everyone's going there. Is it true that that doesn't, that, that you guys like that because it's going to go the other way for the most part or no? No, again, we, we pretty much use the same run. If the Sharps, I think you're talking about the game, uh, the, the Patriots and the Dolphins in week 17, a couple of years ago. Um, and if the Sharps are betting one side, like last week, the we couldn't get we couldn't write the name of the Texans, so that that line moved from sixteen and a half and it jumped nineteen against the Bills. And you've just got to wear it when that happens. Sometimes yeah. it goes our way. There's no rhyme or reason to how many times we win at that or how many times we lose. I think we win more than fifty-one percent of the time though when the money rolls that way. And that, that's it. 51% is, is, is win- in this game. It's, it's winning and it's really hard to do. Is there such thing? Cause I've texted bill and we're comedians. Okay. But I've texted bill and I said, this is a fucking lock. If I've ever seen a lock before, cause I feel, and maybe <laughs> I could, maybe I could be wrong. I feel you get one or two gifts a year, one or two gifts a year where I'm like, I know. And, f- but is there such thing as a lot like in your world not us because we're just we're just gamble but in your world are you talking to your colleagues over these things and going oh my god like this is gonna happen like i feel good with this one there's no such thing as a lock in sport there's too many unknowns between officiating whether players getting injured i've seen money where it comes 97 three percent and you think we have no chance here it can't possibly help there's no way we get out of this mess and sometimes through an act of God, it happens. So, so no, to answer your question. <laughs> Let no, me ask such- you this. In the 2000s, did you guys know that the NBA was fixed? <laughs> no. Were you literally watching those, re- you know, <laughs> some of those calls just going like, all right, there's definitely some crooked refs. The commissioner is definitely steering some bigger markets oh, into the finals. The, I mean, dude, that thing was finessed like a, like a friggin' soap opera. Yeah, the okay, two- let, me, let me just say one thing. In the 2000s, what was happening in the NBA was child's play compared to what was happening on the ATP tour. <laughs> some of those tennis matches were just absolutely horrific. Oh, really? Players not trying. And, and you, where you'd be surprised, it happens at the biggest tournaments. If they play dead in round one, they don't want to do it at some small tournament in Cincinnati. It happens at the U.S. Open or Wimbledon. Um, and wow. there we would see money. You'd see money, guys, back from about uh, plus 140 in the start, minus 1,000. And they'd win 6-1, six, 6-2. Six, six, uh, wow. I'm not going to know. So, what, so they got the other – now what's going on? They like At that point, like with tennis, because yeah. they, got the, they got the McEnroe cam – you can't really mess with it too much, so you got to get a player to throw it, huh? I've got a theory. They, they there was a group that might have been betting on injuries, where they knew someone was injured, and then they worked out well, there's not much point betting on injuries. Well, let's manufacture an injury or two. 
But um, I know I know the ATP are on it. I don't know Interpol was on it and a few players. It was kept reasonably quiet. But a few players got to liven up. All right, but did you know the NBA was fixed? Because I was sitting there. I was working. I was working in Australia and Europe then. I probably wasn't as close to it. But when I speak to the guys that have been here for the last twenty years, I think the answer is no. But now they look back on it, knowing what they know, they all say we should have seen that. Oh, here's it. I was at a Utah Jazz Boston Celtics game, and I watched these refs in one. I don't know who was refereeing, but this game. They were letting them play. And I'm like, all right, they're letting them play. And then all of a sudden, they were just calling everything. And then again, they let them play. It was like there was, it was like they, they were like bipolar. And just through all of my years of watching just sports in general, like a guy's strike zone doesn't change. A guy like, okay, if, he, if, if that's not pass interference, like that has to go the whole game. You can't go like wishy-washy. And I've seen that with basketball. Like, okay, no blood, no foul, or this guy's calling everything. I've never seen a game where it went no blood, no foul to do whatever the hell, you, you know, uh, even look at a guy, there's a foul, and to go back again. And I, for, it just killed me because for years I was saying it was fixed and people thought I was full of shit. And uh, then and then they get the mobbed up ref who basically says he fixed the Sacramento series. And then all I, the only satisfaction I got was everybody goes, oh, no, it was just one guy. It was just one guy, which I say is bullshit because how long can you be on an officiating crew before you realize some guy there is shaving points? Yeah. Well, the lot came out. They waited for David Stern to die before a lot came out, didn't it? So, you know, who knows? But I, I think you're right. Look, the other sport that's notorious worldwide is cricket, and I've spoken to some professional cricketers. Some funny things happen there as well. I Jesus, think, I think the worldwide sports say, are though, filthy. Uh, Jason, tennis, how many cricket? What about how, squash? What's going on out there? Yeah, how many? Uh, how many people tried getting their money back from that bad call, that pass interference call uh, of the Saints Rams? Do you remember that? I do remember that. Look. Some of us online bookmakers, we've made a rod for our back, own, back, own back with these justice payouts and bad beat payouts and whatever else. We've created a cohort of customers that just whinge to mummy every time they don't get their own way and come in <laughs> for these refunds. And, but it's our fault. It's all I was us. just going to say, is that what we saw? Like, how long do you talk to gamblers before they go, it's fixed, right? It can never be me because I, ha- I have all the right picks. It's got to be fixed. Someone's injured. Oh, I need my money back. I said, well, you could have bet unders on how many yards he would have got. We've still got to pay him out. I can't give you the money because you've bet overs. But look, it's, it's a market. When you started game. in this business, were you in the part of bookmaking where you had to slap some people around? No, no, no. I, I started in races, racing. So I started racing. Um, so I suppose you could say there's more nefarious stuff there that happens in all sports globally. Well, but which no, racing no, we talking? We talking cars? We talking animals? Horses. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I've always worked with the legal crews, so I haven't had the pleasure of having to uh, knock on someone. Most, what piece. do you think the most degenerate gamblers? Uh, like these people have a problem. This family's crying out in the parking lot. We talk in the dog track is what I would guess. Off track betting right yeah, next to the Port Authority. Well, I think the pandemic and the, the rise of table tennis and Russian Third division ice hockey's probably a cry out for help. <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't want to out anybody. I'm not gonna say his name. I had a buddy of mine during the height of the pandemic and quarantining when there was nothing going on. He was betting like South Korean baseball, 
He was so Jonathan to have actions oh on some game, and he was staying up at like three to four o'clock in the morning. You can uh, imagine how I took it when I woke up at six thirty one morning. We'd done two hundred eighty five thousand on a South Korean baseball game. <laughs> now, who gets blamed for that in your world? Look, it's I'm not a big. I, there is no right or wrong. We we can only put up prices. We can't make you bet the left side, the right side, team. No, team. but you work for a corporation, so they owe. There's somebody always has to take get a pound of flesh taken. It's got to be the fall guy. You can't tell me they never came to you going like this. This was on you. How did you think this cricket match was going to go this I way? The show, I run the show in my team, so yeah, they come to me. And I must have had a good enough excuse for that one because I got to last another week in the room. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love, dude. I love Jason. He's like a calm Australian Tim Dillon. It's, it's, it's great. Uh, also, Jason- I would think that you'd have to have your disposition to survive. The stress, like how do you, when you stress, when you're just sitting there, we're halfway through the game day and you see you guys are going to take a bath. Can you just sit there? I mean, you're like Joe Torrey. You're just sitting there. Like, I don't know if you're winning or losing. Look, if I'm alone, my my remote control does take a few flights around the living room or the TV room, (laughs) thrown on the couch. But look, publicly, you can't get too happy when you win and you can't get too sad when you lose. Or you're a heart attack victim. Yeah, um, right. I'm, I'm lucky. I've been doing this long enough. I used to get involved in every game and yell and scream and cheer. Now I just swear on the odd occasion, usually at officials. But um, you, you look, you've just got to stay. You've got to stay level, or you, you'd have to find another career if you lived and died by every result. How did you get into this career? Were you someone that gambled, and after a while, you're like, why don't I get on the side that's winning? Degenerate. So I, I, I grew up. <laughs> My father took me to the races when I was six. I was working in banking and finance. Had a midlife crisis at about 28. Luckily, my wife had a good job because I said, I'm resigning. She said, what are you going to do, bet? Uh, Had a go at betting professionally, was no good at that. So I needed a career and I was lucky enough to to start working actually with a big betting syndicate about 2002 in Australia who taught me how to do it properly and I've sort of learned. You know, there's a movie out there with starring Philip Seymour Hoffman, the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman, where he plays a banker with a gambling problem. Owning Mahoney, is that? Is that? Oh, my God. I couldn't get through it. I had to watch it in 10-minute increments. It was so, like, like making Restful. my stomach and knots just watching what this guy was doing, going uh, just ruining his life. But um, anyways, let's get on the positive side of betting. Winning. Me and Furzy. Okay, yes. we're not going to talk about our first three weeks, especially mine. We went three and one last week. Yes. I actually had Tom Brady, the Tom Brady Buccaneers, lay in six, and I'm a Patriots fan. I went against my own team because I figured if my team wins, I'll be happy. If my team loses, I'll win some money. And then the worst case happened. My team lost, and the other team didn't cover. So, um, I got my kids are too little for me to be cursing like that. I got to wait till they're in their teens and then I can really let the emotions fly. But um, you almost, yeah, we almost went four and you, you were closer to four and I had one shot at it with the, with the 49ers. Jason, do you have a Super Bowl pick? Do you have a, a picks for the Super Bowl or no? Yeah, look, I'm right now. I'm pretty much anything. Uh, you may not want to hear this as a Tom Brady fan. I'm anything but Tom Brady. We've we've lost we've lost him to lose a, a a big house in the to win the MVP and we've lost him to lose a ten story block of apartments in the to if they win the Super Bowl. 
It's the only name we're riding is Tampa. They're, they're a horrible result for us. Wow. Okay. Here's my thing. I actually, my pick for MVP was Kyler Murray. But I think the NFL still loves a white quarterback, so I want to change it to Josh Allen. Yeah, well, he's what are the odds on that? that? I just don't think they're going to give it to a guy like Kyler Murray. What about Matt Stafford, too? Yeah, well, I looked, I there's looked, another white guy. That's that's good. Safe money. Yeah, well, Lamar <laughs> won it a couple of years ago, didn't they? So they have given it to one bloke. I'm just messing around. I we I got to keep the comedy going at some point here, you know. I'm a <laughs> hey. Cardinals fan, so I'm just hoping. I love Kyler Murray. Dude, they got Chandler Jones and J.J. Watts on defense. I mean, I've been winning money off those guys. They've been covering for me. Yeah, look, we've started well, but, I mean, a Cardinals fan, I'm not used to staying positive for too long. The the inevitable will happen somewhere along the line. (laughs) All right, what's the over-under they're going to give that stadium a real name and finally get rid of (laughs) jobbing.com? I mean, how much money? Are they, I've never even heard of that website. Like, how do they have that level of money to keep that stupid name on the side of that wonderful stadium? <laughs> I, I mean, that. jobbing is something you say when you get fucked over by the referees. Why would you have that on the side? <laughs> Home cooking <I'm>, arena. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd love to be able to bet from that. So I, I come from Australia where we, 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 the betting is a lot less regulated. So, for instance, we'd bet on um, Dancing with the Stars or The Voice or MasterChef. <laughs> pre-recorded, we'd bet on pre-recorded television shows and still win. What? 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 You know, what's his face did that? Used to bet the afternoon game. He'd bet the matinee game. Uh, uh, what's this? Artie Lang, one of the funniest chapters in his in his book. One of his many books, he talked about how nobody bet hockey and there was there was an afternoon game every week and they started like putting their bets in for that night's baseball or football, whatever, football, probably football season. And uh, they would bet the afternoon game and the guy didn't notice. And rather than just using that to fund them, they got greedy. Yeah, I forget, it right. ended with the guy saying he was going to kick the shit out of him in a McDonald's on Ash Wednesday. So he had this big smudge on his face. <laughs> He said they just sat there laughing at him. Yeah. It's one of my many favorite uh, Artie Lang stories. That's awesome. I remember that. That is what's, awesome. All right. What's the dumbest thing? What's the thing, the dumbest thing you ever bet on? The most obscure, ridiculous thing you ever bet uh, on? Without a doubt, Survivor. She got thrown out the second week. Oh. What was what was the, uh, what'd you have to lay out? I think I was on it. I was on it about. 16 to 1. I, I had the right word. I had the right word from a guy in production, and I realized two weeks in I had the wrong word. Oh, no. You had Can insider you... information. Did you go and talk to that guy? You never saw him again. No. Well, he's a good mate of mine, actually. But, yeah, we. I haven't taken his tips since. Uh, Jason, can you bet on Wheel of Fortune or Jeopardy or no? No, we haven't got to that. I think, look, to be honest, Jeopardy, I think it'd be fantastic. The tournament of champions. This is what you got. I already have the line. You have to have the line. There's a guy on the show, the over-under, if he says, uh, my smoking hot wife. For some reason, everybody on that show says that. Who? Uh, hey, Joe, who do you got here today? Well, I got my smoking hot wife and my son and my daughter. Well, my wife was uh, both times when she was pregnant and when she was really, you know, third trimester, whatever the hell they call it, and she was just hating life, I would just, uh, we would watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. 
And uh, that was one of the things that we know. One of the, you know, we watched it enough. We started breaking down the show. People say my smoking hot wife. You can um, start there. Uh, Jason, a buddy of mine who used to be a Bronx bookie years ago, older fella now, he was in, he was in the game for many, many years. He said when people come in with the parlays, he said once it gets to three and four games, the percentages, they're just kind of like, nah, it's just not, it's done. You know, is that, is that, would you say that once you get to three, four, and five, it's a little much? Yeah, look, it is. Without going into it, they're our profit, they're our profit margin. We did have a customer the other week that took a 16 leg money line, all, all 16 legs of the NFL. He got to Monday Night Football and he had $20 on it to win about, I can't remember the exact number, but it was in the vicinity of 730000 And he got to the last leg and he had Detroit money line against Green Bay. He was smart enough to take the 130000 cash out. But um, they're, look, they're the stories. Wow. You a lot of good stories like that. But there's, you're, you're Wait, did he lose the next night? The money. He lost the next night? Yeah, well, he cashed out. He would have lost it. Yeah, we haven't seen him back since, so he's taken the money and found a new pastime. <laughs> I love that you keep track of him. Dude, here's my thing. My my, This is what I feel like with parlays and all that. Like, gambling is like committing a murder. It's like you got to do it by yourself or you're going to get caught. You start bringing – you bring four, three, four other teams in. There's just too much that has to go right you know what I mean? You just, I, I never, I would like worst I would ever do. Remember the T's, the two team T's. Yeah. I would do that. Do you guys have those lightning bets? Another Ar- Artie Lang story. His Norm no, McDonald they're, story, they're, a lightning bet was most terrifying. The huh? They're a thing of the past now, the lightning bets. We've gone the other way. Thousands of prop markets on yards, or you can even bet on how many, how many extra points a kicker will kick. So we've sort of gone, we've gone, we've had it. Oh, I like direction. that one. That's a good one. Yeah. Dude, how the hell could you ever guess that? Well, we just—I pay a quarter bucket load of money, and he comes up with a price, and we try. No, no, I'm not talking stuff. you. I'm talking Verzi. Verzi's like, oh, that's a good one, Paul. So, how yeah. the fuck would you know how many? That's one of the most obscure things ever. How many? Because I, I would say three. My bet would be three or four. Three or four extra. Hey, points. Hey, Paul, how many cameramen are going to get knocked down when a guy runs out of bounds? <laughs> Probably one in a game. <laughs> I would bet one in a game. I take that. I think it happens like every three games. Yeah, I, I, that's safe money. One cameraman going. Oh no, one person on the sidelines. Just. <laughs> I feel like it ends your career as a cameraman. So they all fucking know. So they got their heads on a swivel, but it still happens because these kids are so damn fast. And you, not to mention, you got like that kitchen safe on your shoulder. Dude, I was at a game. You know that that thing where they they drive up and down the um, up and down the uh, sidelines with the camera. Yeah, you know that. Dude, it ran over somebody. Oh, jeez. Yeah, they backed over this woman. I, dude, and when I tell you, like that thing was just scrubbed. You saw it nowhere. <laughs> I couldn't find the story. I was at the uh, Rams Tampa game. Dude, and the guy driving was just like this. He was just. I think it. I think he drove over. I'm not sure what happened. Somebody fucked up though. Um, Somebody fucked up, Paul. Somebody went down. Lastly, last question for me, Jason, are that I think the New York Giants, and I know that I'm a fan, but I think the New York Giants season was on the line last week because we all know the percentages if a team goes 0-4. I think Daniel Jones is the real deal, and we got some left in the tank. Yes or no? 
Uh, you're three games behind the Cowboys already in the division. I can't see that this year you're going too far. Look, I, I don't disagree with Daniel Jones. Like, you know, he went for 400 this week, 300 the week before. He certainly, once he learns not to turn the football over, he's going to be a hell of a player, I think. Yeah. But I, I can't see that this year's the year. Fair enough. <laughs> Jason, if you knew Paul, the amount of pain when he just did that little, <laughs> that little thing, <laughs> this fucking guy, I swear to God, they could be 0 and 8 and he could go, dude, I've seen 8 and 8 win the playoffs, make the playoffs. Like this guy. Well, you know, you know what though? Jason gave me a little, he gave me a little pat. He said, look, Daniel Jones is the guy, you know, just, I think things could go good. You know, we know we all know what Saquon Barkley is. If the offensive line is good, I'll take that. You know, we are three games back of the Cowboys. Cowboys look great. Dak looks great, but I'll take that. Nice step in the right direction. I appreciate you, Jason. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. I hope everybody uh, makes a lot of money. I hang out with him. He's one of the most positive people I've ever met. He's. He, I need that. I need to just see somebody just be dealt that hand and still have a smile on his face like he's getting a continental breakfast. Well, others say that I'm delusionally positive, but hey, it is what it is. All right. My question would be, who's your top dog in the AFC now that Tom Brady is two years removed? Ben Roethlisberger is up there. The Bills have been just making, they've been kicking the shit out of everybody. Do they have an impressive win, though? You can only beat what's in front of you. You know, you have to say week one was the the exception. Uh, mm-hmm. They play Kansas, they play the Chiefs this week, don't they, in in uh, Arrow? So this is, this is their chance to make a statement. They look the best team to me right now. And the Chiefs have lost four, two in a row. Remember how Tampa looked about week four last year? Bloody terrible. So it can change yes. very quickly. And then what yes. happened was their player coach yelled at the offensive line mid-October, especially that redheaded guy making us gingers look bad. He got in his freckled ass, and then that was it. That was the turning point. I won't even say that might have been even been closer to November. Yeah. But um, they didn't have an injury either. They were blessed with luck. I'm, I'm a little dubious about them this year. And now you said money money on Brady getting back this year is 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 not good or good? Yeah, no, ten, nine, ten, eleven dollars. We 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 have the customers come in every week. We've had more money on him. We've had double on him than we've had on any other player. Even preseason, we couldn't we couldn't write a bet for Mahomes. It was all for Brady. So they wow. love him. What's yeah, not well. to love, really? As it should be. I mean, the guy's been to 10 Super Bowls and won seven of them. I mean, that's that's like cartoon numbers. That's movie numbers, Paul. It yeah. doesn't happen. Um, all right. Well, listen, I, I'd love to have you on again because yeah. I think what you do for a living is so fascinating. And I would also like to tap in next time. We have more time. Talk more about the insane things that you can gamble on in Australia, because I've been there like three or four times just to do shows. Had I known this whole extra level of fun, I didn't. I mean, if I if I could gamble on American Idol, I would actually watch it. Exactly. <laughs> I had to be a bookmaker. I wasn't smart enough to be a comedian, and these hands are no good for digging ditches. So um, <laughs> I'll take an easy route. I'd love to come back. Yeah, yeah you no, do we have hotel sweet hands. That no. definitely says. 
we gotta have you no we gotta have you back man it's it's because it's so funny because you're just like this calm voice of reason and we're just this is perfect i love it man thanks well, maybe so much you could for being... if you got the time maybe you could check in you know every month or so as we're we're sitting here gambling seeing how we're doing because uh we could also have some listeners ask some questions because you know most of us gamble but you know we're all fascinated by the sam rothstein's Yes, and all and that whole side of the business is amazing. So thank you so much for coming thank on. Very happy to. Thank you. Okay, cool. Me. All of right, course. Jason. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. Guys, as you know, anything better has paired with BetMGM. Okay, go to bet. Uh, go to BetMGM. All right, we'll be using the BetMGM lines all year. Okay, for the picks, and uh, we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up at BetMGM, use bonus code BURR, B-U-R-R. You'll get $100 free after placing your first $1 bet. Here's how it works. You download the BetMGM app, you sign up, and you put in bonus code BURR, B-U-R-R. Place your first dollar money line bet on any game. You'll receive $100 in free bets immediately after placing your bet, regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure you use bonus code BURR when you sign up. Hey guys, visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager Arizona, Colorado, D.C., Iowa, Indianapolis, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming only. Excludes Michigan, disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly, guys. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, and Virginia, 1-800-270-7117. For a confidential help, Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. Call or text the Tennessee red line, 800-889-9789, Tennessee, or call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, guys. There you go. Bet responsibly. All right, that's it. I hope you enjoyed the Bet MGM talk. And uh, now we're going to do a little musical interlude. The music picked out by the always lovely, the always wonderful, the incredibly musically talented, and a bunch of different other talents this man has, Andrew Themelis. And after that, we'll have a bonus half hour of a Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday morning podcast from a few years ago or however the hell he works it out. That's it. Have a great weekend, you cunts. And I'll talk to you on Monday. It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, October 7th, 2013. October? We're all the way into the fall here. It is officially October. It's the month of pink. Yes, it is. Are you aware that cancer is in somebody's boobs? Hey, I actually think that they weren't wearing um, the, 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 the pink stuff as much. I didn't think there was, or maybe I'm just used to it. Is that what it is? I have no idea. I I got no fucking idea. All I know is I watched some football yesterday, and uh, 
first of all, who's kidding who? Who is kidding who? I'll tell you who's kidding who. I'm kidding myself when I say this next thing. Let's go, Red Sox. Here we go. Team that I haven't watched all fucking year. Boom, boom. I've watched two Red Sox games this whole year. Game one and game two of the playoffs. <laughs> hey, like what's his face says in the Warriors? I've been busy. All right? I was too fucking busy to watch him. That, that isn't the truth. The truth of the matter is uh, one of my favorite players tested positive for some substance in 2010. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give baseball a fucking rest here, okay? I'm sick of feeling like a fucking eight-year-old. Not even an eight-year-old, a four-year-old who's, who's, you know. And then they won the championship and they lived happily ever after. And I go to bed with my little broken smile because my young toofuses are starting to fall out. And I get a quarter under my pillow. And I believe that everybody did it in an honest fucking way. And then three, four years later, ESPN comes out with yet, yet another guy, another fresh-faced white dude, you know, with a little haberdash on. Or maybe a former player. Maybe a former player comes on and then they, they, they fucking... Let me know that everything that I thought was, wasn't. Everything that I thought is, isn't. And uh, that I'm just a dumb, freckled cunt. And I, just, I, got, I got sick of it. So, so I haven't been watching. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, was watching as they dismantled. Terry left town. Theo Epstein, he's, he's over out there in Chicago. And I watched the gradual, the whole thing disintegrate. But um, I, I do, you know what's funny? I was actually texting another buddy of mine, like, oh, hey, I, I go, you've been watching the Red Sox at all? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I've been watching them. And I, I open, openly admitted, I was like, dude, I'm, I'm beyond fucking bandwagon this year. And he laughed. And he goes, so am I. Yeah, we both live out fucking on the West Coast now. And we're watching the game. <laughs> and he was literally saying, like, he, he was thinking shit like, hey, you know, that Asian guy we got is really good. Neither one of us knew his name. Our relief pitcher, who I, I can't even say he's lights out because I've watched 18 innings. Um, some of it with the sound down. And I don't even know the name of our closer. I just know that he's Asian and he's he's been killing it. So, um, oh, my God. You're going to see it. You, if, if the Red Sox win the World Series and I go out and get the hat. Because you know you got to go out and get the hat. Right? Put your arms around other fans, and we'll all go down together. And you act like you've been there. Well, I'm here to admit, right? You know what I'm doing right now? I'm doing that thing when somebody fucks up in a game. And afterwards, when the reporters come to the locker room, rather than let the reporters say how bad you sucked, you just own up to it. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't get it done today, you know? But I, I take full responsibility. I, uh, I let my teammates down. I let down my mom, my high school coaches. You know, if everybody hates me, I'm going to let you know I hate myself even more than you hate me. Okay? I suck. Look at me. I'm pointing right in my face. I suck. Okay? So you don't need to write it. That's what I'm doing. Before you guys call me out for being old Billy Bandwagon, I l I'm letting you know I am. All right? Bruins, I'm on board from day one, although I haven't watched a second of it yet, but I taped the fucking games over there. Um, I was on the road. All right, I've been busy. Been fucking busy. I went this week, I went El Paso to San Jose. Then I went up to Seattle. 
Um, and then I went down to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Another great fucking week, but it, it, it was airport, 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 airport. Airport? Is that what it was? No, I drove to El Paso. That was a good time. You know, the old me would have gone in a straight shot. 12 hours, I got this. I'll leave at 10 in the fucking morning, get there at 10 at night, have myself a fucking quesadilla, and I would have just gone to bed. But uh, I'm fucking old now. I got right around Tucson, and I was like, I'm tired. <laughs> ah, my ass hurts. And um, I got a <laughs> I got a fucking hotel. And I got to tell you, it was great. It was great. I drove for like eight hours. That's what I did. I drove for eight hours. And um, and then the next day I woke up and I drove basically from Tucson to El Paso. And it was fucking, it was awesome, man. Going through the badlands of uh, New Mexico where there's just fucking nothing out there. You know, it's funny. Somebody sent me on Twitter was saying, you know, I hope Bill doesn't have a beautiful drive out to El Paso so I don't have to hear about it. And that fucking made me laugh so goddamn hard just because of what is behind that. Like, how miserable was your fucking childhood that you don't want to hear somebody say that they had a great time and that this is a beautiful country? Like, you'd much rather have me go out there and be like, there's fucking nothing out there, you know, a bunch of fucking... Fucking Indian reservations, you know? We should just kill the rest of them, right? And put up a fucking sports bar. You know? <laughs> fucking moron. That's, but you know what? But he's younger. I think he was young, younger, judging by his avatar. Huh? You like that? I picked up that little word of technology. Avatar, see? I, a, a fucking week ago, I just thought it was a movie where shit floated around you. And there was these blue people. It was like, it was Smurf porn, right? If you straight, like, it was Smurf porn. That's what that fucking movie was. Smurf porn combined with the way that guy drew those pictures on Good Times when they pretended Jimmy Walker painted them. Remember that? They'd have a dude dunking a basketball and his arm would be like extra long. It's combined both of those schools, I feel. You know, and at the end of the day, I don't remember a fucking second of that movie. I just remember somebody had, uh, I just remember the, the, didn't everybody have like hair like every cornerback in the NFL? Except it was blue. I don't know, I don't fucking know. They had the same body types of that dude who goes right from high school into the NBA. You know? Not quite a boy, not quite a man body, and you're fucking 6'10". Am I thinking of the right fucking movie? Anyways, judging by this kid's avatar, he was, uh, he was, you know, young. He was in his 20s. So your 20s is all about taking your childhood out on everyone that you run into. You're not, you don't realize that you're doing it. At least this is how my life went. Now, granted, if you had, if you had a wonderful childhood, if there was no conflict, I mean, what is a wonderful childhood? What is a wonderful childhood? Um... Whatever. If you had one where people, um, there's no way to, there's no way to not fuck up your kid. What it really is, is you're trying to fuck it up the least, the least amount that you can. You're trying to send your kid out into the world with the least amount of fucking issues. So I don't know. I guess that they, they could be happy. And then also that you don't have to be sitting in the back of a courtroom in complete denial that, you know, your kid fucked a dog. 
just think it's going to come. We'll see. Yeah, present the evidence. I think, you know. Yes, there was dog hair in his pubes, but that doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. It's circumstantial. Um, maybe that's what it is. So whatever. So I, I didn't get upset by that guy. I mean, my, how my life went was in my 20s. My early 20s, I was like this fucking like really quiet, got along with everybody. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like my anger would flare up like that fake volcano in front of that fucking casino out there in the desert. What is it? Treasure Island. Right. Um, And then people would be like, what the fuck is that? As they looked for their eyebrows. And uh, then I didn't know how to apologize. And that would be the end of the relationship. And late 20s sort of came to the surface. 30s, brutal. Came out of the 30s right before I hit the ground. I I started to pull it up a little bit. Now I'm somewhere in the middle. I'm a fucking mess, everybody. I really am. I don't know why you're listening to this. Other than maybe it makes you feel better about yourself. I don't fucking know. Or maybe you just hate your job. Did you guys watch any football yesterday? Great games. Some great games and some not so great games. I'll tell you, if, if you guys taped the Patriots-Bengals game, if you were a fan of ugly, 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 turn away from the TV football. That was an ugly one. And um, I don't know. I don't know. This is going to be uh, – I have to watch the rest of the game because I was so fucking exhausted. I only got two hours sleep, so I watched – I watched right up until the third quarter when it all went off the rails. So I still have to watch the rest of the game when it starts raining and all that type of shit. But – uh it was just neither team could score a fucking point. A bunch of goddamn field goals. Um, and the Patriots lost, but I, whatever. What are you going to do? I mean, I thought at this point we'd be fucking two and three. Four and one, I'll take it. But uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think about anybody at this point. You're looking at the, the, the goddamn Cowboys-Broncos game. And all you fucking big buckled, big stupid hat fucking facelift, Botoxed, overly made-up cunts in Dallas. If you fucking jump on Tony Romo after that game, you are, you're a fucking moron. How many points does the guy have to score to win a goddamn game? Fucking put up 48 points against the Broncos. 48 fucking points. And then the end, he throws an interception. Oh, same old Tony. That's the same old Tony right there. I swear to God. He's like a ranch hand I used to have. He could brand shit. He'd brand 800 cattle in a fucking row, and then he'd drop it on his foot. Wouldn't get that last one. I mean, you don't get that last one, and what the fuck you do the whole herd for? You ain't going to do the whole fucking herd. I'll fucking do it myself then. That bullshit. Maybe not with that fucking accent. But listen, man, the guy scored 48 fucking points and his goddamn defense put him in a situation where now he had to go out and score better than 51 just to get a goddamn victory. So, yeah, you got to sling it. And that dude who picked it out was laid out. It was an incredible interception. All right. So, hey, I'm fucking sticking with Tony over here. Um, And then you got the Broncos who uh, they're doing that Miami Dolphin Dan Marino thing right now where they're just outscoring people. They're letting up a lot of fucking points. They're letting up a lot of points, and I'll tell you, as a fan of NFL football, what I have seen in the past is um, if you score a zillion points during the regular season and you let up half a zillion points, uh, you lose in the playoffs. 
playoffs because you end up running into fucking amazing defenses that win games 20 to 17. When you run into that fucking team, all right, and they slow the whole fucking thing down, you know, slow down the other offense and that type of shit, then you're done. If they have any sort of running game and then they keep your fucking guy off the field, all of a sudden you're sitting there with your pockets turned inside out going, where's my uh, proverbial football wallet there? Jesus, Bill. You've got diarrhea pouring out of your mouth this week, don't you? Talking all kinds of shit. Yeah, so I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know where the Broncos are. I don't know who's shot. I don't know who's not. Um, then you have Seattle. We are the loudest. Right? They fucking go in, and um, they got beat by the goddamn Colts. And last week, if fucking uh, that dude from the Texans, who, uh, according to Paul Verzi, I was talking to him this morning, he's thrown a pick six four weeks in a row. If he doesn't throw a pick six, that's two games they lost on the road, and that's a knock against that team. They're saying that they're not good on the road. Jesus Christ, this is shaping up to be a very interesting football season. And you know why that is? Because they have a hard cap, so everybody's in it. You hear that, baseball? NBA basketball. <laughs> I haven't even watched baseball. I don't even know if it's working or not. Um, anyway, so there you go. So there's my sports talk for the week. Hey, ladies. Anybody out there left? Any ladies left? I went on the road this week with uh, Joe Bartnick, Rose Bowl tailgate legend, the godfather of our fucking tailgate. If anybody's getting his ring kissed, on that wonderful fucking New Year's Day, it's Joey B. I got to tell you something. That fucking guy made me laugh. I, I, I just, he, that guy kills me. If you get a chance to see Joe Bartnick do stand-up, um, I don't know how to describe it. I just watching a crowd figure out who the fuck he is. It takes him, I swear, it takes him about two and a half, three minutes, and then they're on board, and they're, <laughs> they're going on the ride, and uh, I don't I don't know how to tell you what the fuck he was. He, he went we were walking through Seattle and he started talking about homeless people. He had me fucking die and laugh. And I'm like, you got to do that tonight. And he tried it out when we were at the uh, the beautiful pageant theater in uh, in Seattle. And by the way, we were both walking around talking about how much we love that fucking city, man. That is an uh, underrated Seattle, Washington. Especially if it's if it's sunny out. Sunny. Thank you for the shit you took last night. Um, <laughs> the fuck am I talking about? You know what's crazy about Seattle? Every time I fly in, first of all, usually it's raining and I'm freaking out that we're going to crash. But this time it was sunny. And uh, we were flying out over whatever the Puget Sound, whatever the hell it is. And I had the window seat and I looked down. You know, I've been meaning to find this fucking house. You ever go and you land, you're, you're coming in for a landing and you're looking down over these neighborhoods and it just looks like, you know, you know, the little houses all made out of ticky tack, that bullshit. And then every once in a while you fly over one of those Illuminati neighborhoods and it could even be your home state. And you, it just so because the winds are different, they just flew over a different area that day. And you look down like you're going, what, where the fuck are those houses? Is that a school or is that a house? What, what is that? And it was one of those deals. We were coming in, I feel like, a different way than usual. And I had the window seat, and I looked out. And what I saw 
It can't be described as a mansion. Whatever. What's the next size up from a mansion? Like a villa? Is that the word you use? You know what it looked like? You guys ever see that movie, The Dirty Dozen, with Lee Marvin and Charles Bronson? Do you remember when all those Nazi officers were in that, that they were in France and they were in that, they, you know, because they were occupying France and they took over the whole fucking uh, country. And so they were in that giant looking like castle type thing that had all these rooms and these, that's what this thing looked like. And um, we're flying over the thing and it was surrounded by these beautiful tall trees all around the house. And then on three sides of it, it looked like three manicured fairways in the shape of like football fields. Absolutely fucking immaculate. And it was right on this like peninsula and there was water around it. And then you had to walk like a hundred yards. You had to walk like fucking look. It looked like 200 feet of woods from the house and then a hundred yard football field. And then right on the edge of the water was one of the coolest looking in-ground pools I've ever seen in my life. Like you'd have to take a fucking tram from the house to get to the pool. And uh, I don't know. I'm going to try and find it. I don't know how to tweet it or something like that. I don't want to tweet somebody's fucking house, but uh, I don't know who lives there. But if there is people that meet every day to decide whether it rains or not, that guy who lives there or that lady, they are at that meeting casting their vote. Because I, I don't know. I've never seen a fucking house like that in my life. Um, so anyway, so we go into Seattle. And as usual, and this is the last time I'm doing it, I went down to that stupid fucking fisherman's wharf there where they throw, show them throwing the fish. And as I was walking there, this is the first time I walked in there. I was like, why am I going down here? This is such a touristy thing to do. You know the food's going to suck and it's going to be overpriced. And that's exactly what the fuck happened. You know, I, I got like some crab burger. Bartnick got his, his burger. His burger was cold. Mine was all right. And I'm like, of course, nobody from Seattle goes down here to see a bunch of asshole tourists buying Seattle magnets and sweatshirts. Where the fuck did they go? And I forgot to ask. I don't know. So anyway, so I had a shit sandwich with a side of fries there. So uh, then I went out. I did the show at the Paramount Theater. And um, it was crazy. Like the theater was one of these deals where like you, um, I don't know, just the way it was set up. Like you said the joke and there was like half a second pause. And then, then you'd hear the laughter coming back to the stage. So it kind of fucked up my timing at first. And everything went great. And in the end, somebody finally yelled Seattle. And I kind of brought up the fact that I had sung We Are the Loudest or whatever. I got booed a little bit. But they, they were cool about it. And um, I don't know. It was, just, it was an awesome show. And then I found out that uh, Dave Chappelle was in town right around the corner. So me and Bartnick, like two little schoolgirls, literally ran over to where he was performing and got to watch the last 10 minutes of his set, which of course his last 10 minutes crushed anything that I've ever written in my entire career. <laughs> you know, it was a nice, uh, it was a, what do you call it? A not eye opener, whatever. Like just, you know, the second you think like, Hey, I think I'm getting a handle of this. Oh, wait a minute. I still suck. Okay, cool. Um, so it was an awesome night. And then, 
we went to this fucking bar. Chappelle was over at the Moore Theater, which is the one where Eddie Vedder and Pearl Jam made that one where he was in the dirty shorts, right? And he, he dropped down into the crowd after he stared at him for an uncomfortably long time. Um, so we went to this bar right around the corner. And it just seemed shady the second we walked in. And I, according to Bartnick, the bouncer said it. When we walked in after he checked Bartnick's ID, he said, good luck. <laughs> so I proceed to drink way more than I should have. And, you know, the end of the night comes and I'm hungry. So I go up to the front desk and I'm like, yeah, you guys still have room service. They're like, no, they're fucking drunk leprechaun. Here's a pizza menu. Get away from the front desk. You're scaring the ladies. So I vaguely remember this. I went upstairs and I'm trying to order a pizza. And something in my back of my head goes, you shouldn't be eating like this at this hour. So I call them up and they were like, uh, thank you for calling Gino's Pizza. Can you hold, please? And, you know, can you hold, please? They don't wait for a response. They immediately put you on hold. They, so they should just say, hey, welcome to fucking Freddy's Pizza. I'm putting you on hold. But they don't. Welcome to Tony's Pizza. Can you hold, please? And they put me on hold. So I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there. And I think I actually passed out for a second, and I woke up, and I was still on hold. Or I I think I passed out with my eyes open, like one of those things. I just started thinking about shit, and I forgot what I was doing. And then I was just like, why is one of my ears hotter than the other? Oh, I'm on hold. And I was like, ah, fuck it. Let me call back. So I call back again. Hey, welcome to Gino's Pizza. Can you hold, please? Put me on fucking hold again. And as I was like, no, no, I just want to order a pizza. And they already had me on hold. So I sat there for another fucking couple minutes. My ear's getting hot again. So I hang up. And I don't really remember what I said, but I called them back. And as they're going, hey, welcome to Tony's Pizza, I just start dropping F-bombs. Going, you know, fucking, put fucking some of fucking hold, you fucking asshole. I just want to order a fucking pizza. Fucking, I, I can't just remember I said fuck like 58 times. And the guy on the other end goes, hey, buddy, buddy, you, you need to relax. And I just kept, I was like, it was like I was filibustering with Tourette's. I, and I plowed right through that. Fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> he just hung up on me and then went over to the bed, probably passed out face down, you know, in the pillow, breathing in carbon dioxide for the rest of the night and woke up with a brutal, brutal hangover as I had to fly to Phoenix the next day. And I had one of those ridiculously smiling like a fucking maniac uh, stewardesses. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, she's still putting on all this makeup to the point she looked like some crazy clown. And she was just like, hey, how are you today? Uh," You know, like adding syllables (laughs) to fucking one-syllable words. And it was just kind of like... Can I get you a drink this morning? Just fucking like, you can see it. Her life was almost over the hill of hope. And she was just going to go, she's just pulling back the throttle. And she's going to go as positive as she possibly can. Hoping if she puts this fucking energy out there, something loving is going to come back to her. It was one of the most uncomfortable fucking flights I've ever had. And I was hungover. And the more I was coming at her with my negative energy, like, can you fucking stop smiling at me? All right. I just need some water. 
right, to get rid of the throbbing in my head. It made her pull back on the stick even more to the point I think she went into a stall. Um, I don't know. It was one of those deals. It probably – I'm sure she was completely normal and it was just the fact that I was so goddamn drunk that uh, – or so hungover that um, that her extra bubbly personality was coming across that way. I don't know. Well, as always – as always, I was probably in the wrong, but I'm too immature to admit it. So with that, that's the beginning of the podcast. By the way, you are listening to the Monday Morning Podcast. If you just happen to walk by somebody's earbuds, um, I do one of these every single week. And if you're probably sitting there going, hey, how do I support this podcast? How can I have help out this freckled cunt? How can I do it? This real cunt. How can I not say fuck him and everything that he does? Uh, well, this is what you can do. You can go to the podcast page. You can click on the uh, pod. Yeah, you go to billbird.com. You click on the podcast page. And over on the right, there's a banner for amazon.com. And if you are thinking of buying anything, if you just go to Amazon through my site, you click on it, you go to Amazon, everything still costs the same. And I get credit for driving traffic to their site. They give me a little skim off the top. I take the skim, put it in my pocket, take a little bit of the skim out, give it to the Wounded Warriors Project. So you're helping me and you're helping the troops and you're helping America. Um, or you can always also download one of my specials if you'd like or buy the hard copy DVD version of it off of the merch page. That's a wonderful thing to do. It makes a great gift. Makes a great gift. Christmas coming up for someone you really don't give a shit about. You just want to spend 20 bucks. There you go, you fuck. Um, laugh it up, cunty. I'll see you next Christmas. All right. And it makes a great gift, I think, at this point uh, for a hipster because I know that they've moved on to cassette tapes. They're somewhere in, like, cassette tapes right now. So eventually DVDs are going to be cool again because it's not a Blu-ray. And um, you can sell it to them in a couple of years, and then they can go off on their fucking bicycle that's 10 feet in the fucking air for no... No apparent reason. All right. Uh, Dollar Shave Shave Club, everybody. This is blowing up. Everybody's loving this. Even the ladies, I think they're loving it when they shave their legs and their private parts there. Dollar Shave Club. There are so many things in the world that irritate me. Things like you get your motorcycle license and everybody goes, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. But if you buy a scooter, nobody says that to you. They just call you a pussy. You know, or if you ride down the street in a, with, 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 on a bicycle, like that is even more dangerous than, than, than a motorcycle riding out in traffic, listening to REO Speedwagon so you can't even hear the traffic around you. Anyways, there's a lot of things that irritate me. Overly positive stewardesses when I have a hangover. When there are so many things that can irritate you, why would you want to add razors to the list? That doesn't make any sense. What are you saying, Bill? I'm telling you. Through Dollar Shave Club, it's time to stop milking your razor blade. I know with brand name razors that you're used to paying outrageous prices and exhausting those razors until they start to look like a rusty soda can. Well, guess what? It's time to move on. Dollar Shave Club delivers amazing quality blades to your door for just a few bucks a month. They're cheap and they're sending them right to you. You can be in your damn underwear. Walk up to the door, freak out the F, the FedEx guy, whoever the hell they send them. And you got a nice smooth shave within 10 minutes of that, depending on your abilities for opening packages. Anyways, let me let me carry on here. Never think about it again. They send you a pack 
every month so you can change your blades every week. I love these guys, and your face is going to love them too. They, got a new, they have a new product called a One Wipe Charlie. It's a butt wipe for men, and it's classy. Check out the video for that and sign up for your razors today. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash burr. That's dollarshaveclub.com forward slash burr. Or go to billbird.com and click on the Dollar Shave Club banner. All right, Hulu Plus, everyone. You've probably tried Hulu.com if you're even remotely informed. If you're in the loop, if you're one of the cool kids, you've probably tried Hulu.com. Well, guess what? Now it's time to try Hulu Plus. You can watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere. Hulu Plus, Plus lets you watch thousands of hit TV shows and a selection of acclaimed movies on your television or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. And it all streams in HD for the best viewing experience possible. With Hulu Plus, you can watch your favorite current TV shows like Saturday Night Live, Community, Family Guy, or maybe Breaking Bad. You can also check out exclusive content, including Hulu originals like The Awesomes, starring SNL's Seth Meyers, and Moonboy, starring Chris O'Dowd from Bridesmaids. Hulu Plus offers a great selection of acclaimed films for only $7.99 a month. You can stream as many TV shows and movies as you want, wherever you want. Right now, you can, go to, you can try Hulu Plus for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill. That's a special offer, offer for my listeners. Make sure you use HuluPlus.com slash Bill so you get the extended free trial. All right, that's very important. If you want the extended free trial, HuluPlus.com slash Bill. All right, Hulu.com, HuluPlus.com slash Bill. Come on, Bill. Do that now or click Hulu Plus banner on the podcast page at BillBird.com. And lastly, eVoice, everyone. eVoice. All right, you have an idea for a business. You want to get out from underneath the crushing weight of your cubicle? If you're an entrepreneur and a customer calls, do you want to seem like you're in a high-rise window window view fancy pants office? Or do you want them to know that you're sitting there in your underwears? With eVoice, you can create the appearance of an entire building. Sales, customer support, tech support, you name it, people are going to think you got it. Why? Because of eVoice. Give your customers the royal treatment with eVoice. eVoice will forward business calls to your home, mobile device, or any other number you choose. Wherever you are, eVoice will find you. If you don't have time to take your call, take a call. It's not a problem. It will be routed to you as a voicemail, and you can read it at your convenience as an email. However you want it, they can send it to you. eVoice not only gives you an edge over your competitors, it takes away the edge the big companies have over you right now. And that's the biggest selling point right there. Okay? And now you can try eVoice for free for 30 days. Go to eVoice.com or just go to the podcast page at BillBird.com and click on the eVoice banner. All right, back to the podcast. You know, I mentioned in that, I mentioned that whole thing about motorcycles, scooters, and bicycles. Now, I look, I know motorcycles are dangerous, but uh, how come a scooter's not dangerous? What, because it's, it's some little skinny nerd riding the fucking thing or a celebrity chef or some lady with a little ladybug helmet on all of a sudden get T-boned by a fucking F-100 isn't a problem? I saw a guy today was on, on a was riding a bicycle in Los Angeles on a major fucking street. All right? And he had his earbuds in listening to music. And he's doing that thing where he's riding like 8 to 10 feet off of the curb and there's traffic behind him having to slow down and go around him. I, it's, that to me is, is more suicidal than riding a motorcycle in L.A. without a helmet. I might be wrong, but I'm just saying. 
I know, Bill. You're just saying. Hey, by the way, we have some we have some fucking hilarious uh, YouTube videos that uh, some listeners made about this podcast. Um, two fans made a YouTube video. Um, two different fans, okay? One fan made one. It's a collection of every, oh, Jesus, that I said in the past year. Uh, it's amazing. And right as it gets annoying, he always has it become funny again. It probably It's probably going to annoy you guys, but it's like the amount of work that it took to put the whole thing together. Um, it's fucked. And it might be something you want to get a little high and then listen to. Um, or drunk or whatever, and then call a pizza parlor and curse your, your brains out at them. Um, we'll have the link for that one. And the other is text art of basically um, text and art added to me singing a song. When I sang that song, do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? They did this really cool thing that, that once again made me laugh out loud. And I don't, I don't laugh about a lot of things. You know why? Because I'm a sad clown. Um, so oh, by the way, I didn't, the El Paso gig finally happened. It finally happened. I want to thank everybody who came out to that. Everybody came out to San Jose. That was another great, oh fuck. I forgot that story. We, we performed there just a f- awesome crowd. And at the end of the night, we, we stayed in a hotel where we, we, we just had to walk a block and a half. Over to the venue. So me and Bartnick are leaving, right? We had a couple of crowns when we were in uh, the theater there. And we're walking out. And um, we should have went right. We went left. We zigged when we should have zagged. And we're ju- we just start walking. And we're just kind of feeling good because it was a great show. And we were going to meet a couple of friends to go have something to eat. And uh, we're walking. And we're walking. And we're walking. We're walking. And all of a sudden, we went like 10 blocks, and Barnick's finally like, dude, where the fuck is the hotel? And I'm like, I don't know. And it's starting to rain, and I got my fucking box of DVDs. We're walking down the street looking like we both just got kicked out by our fucking wives, you know? And uh, I don't know. Like, I just finally Googled where the hell our, our hotel was on the smartphone and I realized we were like 15 blocks in the other direction. We were late. The people who wanted to meet us for dinner were texting us. Long story short, next thing you know, I'm on one of those, uh, we took one, a bicycle taxi, right? We took a bicycle <laughs> taxi, me and Bartnick sitting there with a glass of crown Royal each in a plastic cup. I got my, I had my suitcase, my wheelie suitcase with my DVDs in it. He has his CDs and we're sitting there riding. This guy with a green mohawk is riding us in this light misting rain and we're drinking whiskey. And it was fucking, it was hilarious. It was great. The wind in our hair or what's left of mine. And uh, we're just sitting there laughing our ass off. We couldn't look at each other in the back of this fucking bicycle rickshaw without cracking up because it's kind of a romantic thing to do. And uh, I don't know. It was just one of those things, just laughing our ass off. Then we went to this, um, this pizza, uh, not pizza, this Italian restaurant, a famous one where they have like career waiters. So the waiters are unbelievable and they got like wear the jackets and stuff. And, uh, I know I've eaten there before. I want to say it was called Joe's and I got a chicken palm. That was delicious. That was fucking delicious. So, did I forget any other stories? Oh, and then the last night we worked at the Celebrity Celebrity Theater in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. It was in the round. And those are always just immediately amazing um, 
shows. And I, I got to send the videos that I took there, just the amount of people that have performed there. George Carlin taped a special there, his second one ever in 78. Louis C.K. just did one there. Um, Paul Mooney had worked there. All these amazing comics and then all these bands. Stevie Ray Vaughan and the In Step Tour, Miles Davis. Liberace performed there the first time they could make the thing, the, the stage turn a little bit. Um, Cream played there. Van Halen on their first tour played there. It was fucking insane. Tony Bennett, all of these unbelievable names. And then uh, two jackasses <laughs> from the Rose Bowl tailgate. So it was amazing to become part of that history. And then afterwards, they have this whole lounge area where the entire staff hangs out and drinks. And uh, we were sitting there back in the green room. And I was like, I said, that, you know, I had some friends that came to visit um, a buddy of mine from back in the day. And he married this woman from uh, New Zealand. And uh, they, they came up. She had a 16-year-old daughter from a previous relationship or marriage or whatever. And they came up to us and they said, you know, we have a tradition in New Zealand that if a performer comes to town and gives a great show, that we give them a performance back. And her 16-year-old daughter came up and started doing this thing on the table. I guess some people have ripped it off on YouTube, but I guess this is the original one where they start. She just started doing this whole fucking beat with this cup. And then as she's, and it's really was syncopated and all this shit just to keep that going. And then she started singing this song about thank you for coming to the town and we're sorry that you're leaving. And when she would get to the chorus of it, her mother from across the room started singing the other harmony. It was one of the most pure artistic things I've ever seen. It was a paper cup and two people singing. And for half this, I was going to start filming it with my iPhone. And I was like, no, that's what's wrong with fucking everything right now. Why can't this moment just happen? And I can't just sit here and watch it rather than viewing it now through my phone screen. You know what I mean? So, um, so that happened. And then the last second we were, I was like, you know, Hey, they said that, you know, the staff's upstairs drinking and they brought us through the catacombs of the place. And all of a sudden you walk into like this Sinatra, like fucking lounge and they're all drinking. We all come walking in. They're like, Hey, next thing you know, I'm getting shit faced again. So needless to say, I'm back to drinking juice. Feast of famine right now. So I'm, I'm juicing all day today. I'm even going to do yoga like a fucking twinkle toe over there. And um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to get my fucking self. I'm going to get knock off the booze weight from this weekend. So anyways, Jesus Christ, have I run my mouth enough? Um, oh, by the way, is anybody. Uh, anybody else kind of looking at it's. Like when the government was going to shut down. I don't know about you guys, but I was terrified. Like, is there going to be anarchy? Is there going to be people storming my fucking house with torches? Like people hung from, uh, you know, streetlights and that type of shit. Uh, it's amazing how part of the government shut down. And like, unless you work for them, you don't really notice. <laughs> Why do we need governments? Um. That would be amazing if they just quietly without anybody noticing just stopped having governments. And if nobody knew, everyone would just sort of like still behave themselves. Would that work? Well, how would you pay the cops and all that? I don't fucking know. I guess it wouldn't work. But I'm amazed at how well it's working with part of the government shutdown. 
And I actually saw some quote, I heard this woman say on the news that the Federal Reserve is trying to help out with the misbehaving government. And that was one of the fucking funniest things I ever heard. Um, all right, and I'm not getting into all of that shit. All right, you either know about it or you don't. You either agree with it or you don't, and I'm tired of fucking arguing it. All right, one-man thrill ride, everybody. Let's get to the uh, the letters for this week. One-man thrill ride. Uh, Dear Billenstein's Monster. I don't get that one. Is that Frankenstein's? Bill, Billenstein's Monster. Uh, fellow Boston area native and Ric Flair enthusiast. All right, so I love this guy already. Um, you have to check out this video. A guy recorded it before returning to his alma mater to play in the alumni game. It's absolutely electric. There's nothing you, you can come back with after this. It's perfect. I wish I could hear Patrice's reaction. Go fuck yourself. Oh, I guess that was a YouTube video. Well, Jesus Christ, what a fucking intro that was. I have to watch this. Do I have to watch it live? to the campus of Fitchburg State University to relive his glory days at the 2013 Fitchburg State Baseball University alumni baseball game. I am in the parking lot right now hammering a bacon, egg, and chi, hold the chi in preparation to go deep with four hits and put on a laser show to the likes of which you have never witnessed in your entire life. (laughs) All right, I'm going to watch the rest of this. I know it's going to get better. You you got to have the visual of it. This guy, <laughs> this guy's not fucking around. All right, I'm gonna watch that. How do you not love sports? I get it. I get it. I, I can understand why you don't love it. You know why you don't love it? Because you sucked at it. But then you, you're not good at being a superhero either. But how do you get into that? Captain America would totally beat the shit out of the Hulk because he has that little sphere with the star on it. Advice for young marriage, dear Bill. Uh, love your stuff, yada, yada. I'm in a pickle. I married when I was 18 to a 30-year-old woman. Get out! Get out immediately. If you're wired like a man, get out. A woman is has more sophisticated wiring than a man, so she can be 12 years younger, all right? I don't know if they're more sophisticated, but different things motivate themselves themselves what am i saying motivate them all right they're motivated by different things other than look at the tits on her um all right i i don't all right so when you're 38 she's gonna be 50 all right and you're gonna walk into the bedroom i don't know that's that's uh maybe i'm not mature enough to do that why am I superimposing my shit onto your shit? Why don't I just read what the fuck you have to say? I'm sorry. That was a real selfish moment there. All right. This guy's in a pickle. I'm married. He says, I'm married. I, I married when I was 18 to a 30-year-old woman whom I deeply loved. I didn't get to that point. I'm already telling you to leave. I, I'm sorry, sir. Anyways, he goes, I had low self-esteem then. I used to play World of Warcraft, be lazy, and have a beard. I am 23 now, and I still love my life, but my life has changed. I'm fit, clean-shaven, and more successful. Therefore, women are showing interest in me at last. My wife is getting older, and I still like her and a lot, like her a lot, and find her attractive. Attractive, but the age gap, coupled with her bad PMS, is starting to affect me. Yeah, and that's not going to get better, sir. Like, and she's still young. 
I already know where I'm going to go with this. My wife is kind, fun when not having PMS, and a good mother. Oh, you have kids? Uh-oh, wait a second, dude. When I am around hot 18 to 25-year-old women, I feel like I cannot control myself. So far, I have controlled myself, but I feel like I'm fighting a losing battle. What do I do? My wife has seen the conflict within me and sympathizes. She sometimes says that I can have some fun with other women if I tell her first, but I don't know if this is true or if or is a honey trap. Uh, my, I don't know what that means. Uh, my wife is honest, but when emotions get in the way, I don't know how she will behave. Do I secretly cheat when I have a good opportunity to get away with it? Do I talk to her about some freedom? Do I leave her before the time bomb implodes, explodes? Sorry. Or do I knuckle down and masturbate myself into submission, having lower self-esteem and missing out on fun, but being a better husband? Um, wow, dude. Uh, I, I applaud your honesty. Uh, Listen, you have to do what's right for you at the end of the day. I don't know if you have. Are those kids your kids? I don't know, dude. Look, I'm not trying to blame her, but what kind of a 30-year-old marries an 18-year-old, man or woman? All right, you're a fucking kid. She's a woman. She married a fucking child. I know legally you're a man, but you're not. And that goes the same thing if a guy... A fucking 30-year-old man marries an 18-year-old. Like, I don't know how that's fucking legal. Even though the woman is legal and she is a woman, she's a fucking child compared to a 30-year-old. All right? And just the the mental fucking tennis. That just how much further... How, those are, that's a huge amount of time in your life. All right? If you're 50 and your wife's 38, or you're 50, your husband's 38... That's a different thing, okay? 30 to 18 is huge. I mean, you're talking like she's almost twice your fucking age. 12-year gap, you've only lived 18 years. What is she, three-quarters your age? Come on, you mathletes. What is that? All right, I don't know what to tell you if you already have kids with this woman. I don't know what the answer is. But if those are her kids, um, you're 23, so you've been married five. She's 35. She still has a chance She's still young. She can still go out and meet somebody more around her age. Um, dude, you got married too young. You got married way too fucking young to somebody way too old. That's what I think. That's just what I think. But I don't have the feelings you have for this woman, all right? This is just me on the outside looking in. I am a commitment foe. I am a psycho. And I am a piece of shit when it comes to fucking women, all right? And I've earned that in spades, believe me. So take what I'm saying at a gr with a grain of fucking salt, all right? Um, you're talking about a 45-year-old guy who never got married and fucked up every relationship he was ever in. That's what, that's what you're talking to right here, okay? So I just know what I wanted to do when I was 23 years old. And I was also, ah, oh man, I mean, like... 18 to 23 years old, you're supposed to be out there experiencing being young and and uh, and all that has to offer. That's what you're supposed to be discovering about yourself, okay? Now, however, if you 
married this woman and you had kids with her, you do have a responsibility. And that's a whole other can of worms and a can of worms that is not in my life yet. So I don't know how to advise you on that. All right. You know, there are some things, you, you, you know, some things in life you do miss out on. And sometimes you get this other great thing, but because of that great thing, you, you don't have enough time to enjoy this other thing. So you might be in that situation. If, if you have fucking kids, I would say ask somebody else who has kids. Ask somebody else who's in your boat. But look, if she, those are her kids and you got married at 18 and she's 30 and now you're 23 and she's 35, um, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know what to do. That whole fucking – I don't know what to do. Uh, I would say get out. I would say get out. That's what I would say. I guess that's what I am saying, but I, I don't understand whether you have kids yet. I don't know if you have kids with her, and I don't know how. How deep is your love for that woman? How deep is your? I, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't have enough information on that one, sir. But my gut's saying that you should uh, shove it off to Buffalo. I feel, you know what? I feel irresponsible on that one. I don't know that I gave you good advice, sir. I would ask around more. So there's a jump off point. My ignorant thoughts. All right. Girlfriend wants me to take an STD test. Jesus Christ. That one's coming right out of the gate, huh? How far are we here? All right. Girlfriend wants me. You know what? Before I do that, let me just bang out the last couple of advertising. Quit your complaining. I got two more here, right? All right. Here we go. Legal Zoom, everybody. Legal Zoom. A lot of pride comes along with starting your own dream business. But think about the stress you'll feel if you don't take the right steps to legally protect yourself and your business, personal assets, and all that stuff right from the beginning. That's why I recommend LegalZoom.com. During the past 12 years, over a million business owners have trusted LegalZoom to help start their businesses. LegalZooms will... Legal Zooms? Legal Zoom will save you a lot of time and a pile of money on startup costs. Plus, they provide solutions to help you run a successful business. Legal Zoom can provide self-help services at your specific directions or connect you with an attorney, but they are not a law firm. Just go to LegalZoom.com today to see what's right for you. Form an LLC, get a DBA, incorporate, or form a nonprofit, all starting at just $99. Plus, you'll save even more when you enter Burr, B-U-R-R, in the referral box at checkout. That's LegalZoom.com, promo code Burr. One more time, LegalZoom.com, promo code Burr. Lastly, Stamps.com. Uh, some small companies think leasing a, po leasing a postage meter is how business Businesses get postage for their letters and packages, but they don't realize that there's a better way. What is that way? Say it with me, everybody. Stamps.com. Unlike a postage meter, Stamps.com has no hidden fees like a meter ink charger or reset fees. No long-term contracts. No extra hardware to buy or lease. Stamps.com can save you up to 80% compared to a postage meter. Plus, with Stamps.com, you can do more than you can with the meter. Using your existing address book, Send tracking information to recipients with the click of a button. The choice is clear. Stamps.com offers more features for a fraction of the cost. You'd have to be a moron not to try it. I use Stamps.com to send out all my DVDs. I never had a problem. I'm an idiot, and I can use it. If I can do it, you can too. Special offer right here. Use my last name, Burr, uh, for a no-risk trial plus a $110 bonus offer that includes a digital scale and up to $55 free postage. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Burr, B-U-R-R, that's Stamps.com, enter Burr. Okay, back to the podcast. Girlfriend, 
Lady wants me to take an STD test. Hiya, Bill. All right. Right there, I think you're from England. Don't you guys say that over there? Hiya. Um, so, oh, by the way, I said Wales, England a year, uh, a year ago, a couple weeks back. They're separate countries. I never knew. I could never t- Scot- Scotland, its own country, you never, because it's Great Britain, Ireland's fighting you. It's just fucking confusing, and they don't teach us that shit over there. So Scotland, Wales, England, three different countries. There you go. They all share, share the same island. And for some reason, they don't go to war with one another, although I don't think they like each other. And from what I've heard, England, they're the cunts. Wales are allegedly f- having sex with sheep. And uh, Scotland, I don't know. They're like barrel. Sh- they don't wear shirts. And they'll beat the sh- they'll headbutt you. No, headbutting is, is Australian. I don't know. You don't want to fuck around. You don't want to fuck around in any of those countries, according to the movies I've watched. Um, anyways, let's plow ahead here. So, Bill, I've been going out with this girl for almost five months, and everything has been great so far. We haven't had sex yet because she's a virgin. Like a virgin. Um, the last couple of times we went out, she wanted she wanted to. But we were both drunk and would just fool around and go to sleep. I'm waiting until she is ready because I honestly do care about her. Ah, well, you're a nice fella. Um, You're not putting any pressure on her. Taking out your fucking cock and balls there. Being like, you know, can you help me out over here? What? I mean, what are you you here for if you're not going to... It's been six weeks. You know, you don't want to be that guy. Uh, But the other day, she dropped a bomb on me. Uh, she asked me to get tested for STDs before we had sex. All right, well, that makes sense. If you're going to get into a committed relationship, eventually you want to remove the latex so you can get the whole experience. <laughs> you want to go on the whole ride. You don't want to stand next to the roller coaster watching it do the loopy loops, do you? You want to be on that fucker. Um, anyways, I have had sex with seven different girls, and I always u- used to wear a condom, and I always scrub my dick after. Uh, scrubbing your dick after, I don't think that that works. Oh, wait, they tell you to do that, right? I don't know. If, if you know, if something got in you, it's already in you just because you washed the area where. If you get bit by a rattlesnake and then you wash the cut, does the poison leave your bloodstream? Hi, I'm, an, I'm not a doctor and I'm putting out weird fucking information. I should shut the fuck up. Um, anyway, so he watches, he washes his dick afterwards, but not his balls. I've been slapping up against it. Um, she said that I could have, I could have an STD that doesn't affect guys, but it affects girls. Um, she's talking about HPV. That's what she's saying. I, he goes, I said, that's bullshit and told her, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Ah, Jesus Christ. You were an enlightened man. And now you've now you went into the caveman area. And you know what? I'm not judging you because we all do it. You were being patient. You weren't pressuring her. You were being a goddamn gentleman. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you took off your top hat and you beat her with the cane. Ah, Jesus, buddy. What why'd you do that for? All right. He goes, I he goes, I don't know what to do. He's like, I don't have an STD, but there's a little fucking voice in my head saying, Well, maybe. Uh, should I say fuck it and do the test or not? Thanks, man. Much appreciated. Love you. Love your show. All right. You know the deal, sir. Even if you wear a condom, there's a chance that you could have something. And, uh, HPV for the most part does not show up, I guess, in guys for what they say. You don't really notice that you have it, but you can give it to women and it causes them all kinds of problems, which of which I forget what it 
does to them because it doesn't concern me and I'm a selfish cunt. All right. So this is what I would do, sir. Um, I would just go out. If you really give a shit, go out and get tested. And what's great about getting tested is when it comes back and you got nothing, you can take those seven people and clear them off the board like murder cases. You know, if you ever watch The Wire, you, you get to erase them all off and you don't have it. You don't have that, that caseload. All right. You can close those cases. They're not cold cases anymore. You understand what I'm saying? You've only had sex with seven people. According to you, you always wore a condom and you washed your fucking dick and your balls there. Well, not your balls, just your dick. All right? So I think you got a pretty good chance that you're all right. And if you're only seven in, this is a great time to get tested. All right? Because then what's great is when it comes back and you're negative, you know what you are then? You're, you're what's known as a red shirt virgin. Okay? You're in your sophomore year, but you haven't taken any hits, if you know what I mean. All right? So then that makes you want to be even more careful. This is what, why don't you do this? Just say, listen, I got emotional because I'm afraid that even though I've been careful, I am scared that, yeah, when you have sex with somebody, even when you wear a condom, you can still catch shit. So uh, tell you what, why don't we both go down and get tested? We'll do it together as a couple. I apologize for acting like a caveman. Um, will you forgive me? And there you go. Then you both go out, you get tested, you take her out for a little fucking uh, creme brulee or whatever the fuck they like to eat. And then you just sit there waiting. <laughs> Here comes the river. Um, and hoping the flop, you, you fucking win the hand. That's all I can tell you, sir. But you know what? Eventually, you're going to have to fucking know one way or another. And you're only seven in. This is a great time. Before you go down that road and you got 30, 40, 50 under your belt. And you're just, Jesus Christ, thinking all this shit that you did. And you're walking into that office with flop sweat. Okay? You don't want to do it. All right. I think it's a great thing to go out and get tested. And I think your girlfriend's 100 percent in the right for asking you to do it. I feel like your behavior afterwards was immature, but understandable. And you need to make things right. All right. Go do your thing. Man up. OK. Bully. I can beat up. All right. Well, if there's a bully, you can beat up. He's not really a bully. He's just an asshole. Right. Hey, Billy boy, I'm a 15 year old lad from Australia. And here's my problem. There is a complete dickhead at my school that always picks on me. But here's, here's a twist. I could smash the shit out of this prick. I'm 182 centimeters. That's six feet tall. F 15 years old, six feet tall. He goes 74 kilograms. That's 160 pounds for you people keeping score. And every other day, oh, oh, and he's about 5'8 and weighs about 185 pounds. All right, so he's got, he's got your bike. He's got you by 25 pounds. But you have the reach advantage. This is the tail of the tape here. I love this. You got a four-inch reach advantage, unless he has those fucking Kevin McHale arms that are almost dragging on the ground. All right, you go, I lift weights every other day, and he's just fat. All right. You're definitely the favorite so far. He goes, but this isn't the biggest reason why I could smash this cunt. I have about 20 years of martial arts experience Wait a minute. You're 15 years old. How do you have 20 years of experience? Oh, he's going to break it down. I have about 20 years of martial arts experience when you add it all up. I have seven years in karate, five years in Muay Thai. Oh, Jesus, dude. You bring those fucking knees to that fat belly. Oh, my God. Probably got shins like a fucking street pole. Um, 
street pole, stop sign, whatever the fuck I was trying to say. <laughs> Just I pictured a telephone pole and a stop sign made out of metal, and I came up with street pole. Look at that. I'm inventing words here. Seven years of karate, five years of Muay Thai, five years of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Jesus Christ, standing up, go to the ground. What do you want to do? And three years of MMA. He constantly calls me name like gay boy and poof, and he slaps me in the back of the head every day. Dude, you can't have that. Uh, this has been happening for like two months now, and I haven't fought back because I'm worried about getting in trouble from teachers at my martial arts classes. Any advice is welcome. Uh, thanks for whatever, whatever helps you, uh, whatever help you can give me, uh, go fuck yourself and have a good day. All right, sir. Well, this is the deal. You could ser if you actually applied what you know, you could seriously hurt this guy, but you do have to defend yourself. So is there a way that the next time he goes to slap you in the head, you can put him in one of those fucking those holds where you're just holding the person's thumb and they're all of a sudden on their tiptoes going, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Is there a way to just shoot one across the bow? That's what I'm suggesting. I'm not saying that you fuck this kid up and then ruin your standing with uh, your, uh, your sifus, your senseis, your, your, your pastors, whatever the fuck you call them, down at the dojo. Um, yeah, but you, you, there's no reason for you to go to school and get slapped in the back of the head and being called names, okay? So what I would do is, uh, oh, well, well, why the fuck are you asking me? This is what you do. Jesus Christ, here's your solution. Talk to one of your, your karate masters there and just say, listen, this is the deal. I know after everything that you've taught me that I could just mop the floor with this fat tub of shit but I don't want to get, you know, bad standing with you. What what do I do here? Have them. Have them tell you what to do. And Because they could probably suggest they know the name of whatever that fucking... <laughs> how to choke out somebody's thumb. Whatever that thing is that you guys do. That I wish I knew how to do. Um, but here's the deal. One way or another, uh, there has to be a solution with this guy slapping you. They're slapping you in the back of the fucking head. Um, do, you, do you know how to do a death grip yet? Have they taught you that? Is that an actual thing? Why don't you do a double death grip to his man tits and twist them before he has a chance to slap you in the head? <laughs> don't listen to anything that I'm going to suggest here. Uh, why don't you take some Twinkies? What, what could you do with the Twinkie and a martial art thing? Why don't you make some nunchuck Twinkies? And it says, so instead of slapping him in the face with the, with a piece of wood, it's a it's a Twinkie, and it goes across his face. He's humiliated. Plus, you know he's a fatty, so he's going to have to lick it off his face, and he'll get into that sugar rush, and his eyes will roll in the back of his head. And by the time his eyes come back down, you're going to be across the room, and he can't slap you in the head. I know there's got to be something. There's got to be something to do. Uh, I mean, at this point, if you don't want to go physical, I would just go verbal. I, I, you know, he's calling you gay boy and poof. I mean, why don't you just talk about his fat tits? Just ask, just be ask, just be really sincere. Just be like, just out of curiosity, how much do your tits weigh? You know, do you wear a sports bra or are you going to kind of go with the uh, the giant pocket tee? And the fact that you're already this fat at our young age, like how fat do you think you're going to be when you're 40? These are just questions, sir. You know, and then when he charges you like a rhino, just step out of the way, and he won't be able to slow down, and he'll maybe go flying into some desks. 
I don't know, sir. But can you please tell me how this? I I, I would go, I would go to your uh, your dojo masters there, whatever. And I, I'd ask them what to do. But there's no fucking way on any level that you should have to tolerate that. Um, you know, I would do that. Ah, Jesus. Are they going to go even really more mature? Well, I think you should talk to your teachers about it. And then you become the fucking guy who ratted it out. You know, it's like that selection. That's like the uh, solutions they come up to on like The View. You just turn around and you just say, stop doing that. I, 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 I'm not going to tolerate this. You know, give me like a rape whistle or something. I don't fucking know. I don't know, sir. But please let me know how that works out because it's bothering me that that dude is doing that to you. All right. I don't like bullies. Um, ah, Jesus Christ, dude. Uh, you know what I really want to tell you to do, and I'm not going to. All right. Divorce settlement. Uh, divorce settlement cheat. Uh, dear Mr. Burr, I call you Mr. Burr because I don't know you personally. Please tell me if I'm a piece of shit for doing what I thought was right. I will give you a quick summary. Fell in love with high school sweetheart. Oh, that's tremendous. Got married. Good for you. Rented a house. Awesome. Ten-year relationship. Wonderful. Two years of marriage. Cool. No kids. All right. Came home to our town after a weekend with my friends in Austin to change locks to our house. Knocked on the door for an hour. Cops called on me. Cops say the woman in the house says we are separated but married, and I have been bothering her by visiting her her rented house too much. Oh, my God. When she opened the door, a guy in his boxers and socks came walking down the stairs as the door was opened. I didn't see this coming. Oh, my God. I own a couple pawn shops. My dad left me. My dad left me with one, and then I grew it into multiple locations. I knew the relationship was over, but we weren't divorced yet, and I didn't want her taking half of my shit. So I sold my company locations to my parents for one dollar for tax reasons. Uh, that sounds like a good move. I then bought back the company for full money in my personal account. We have always had separate accounts. Then I sold the company locations back to my parents for a dollar. I think somehow. I think somehow got demoted from the new owners. Oh, you left out a word. I think I somehow got demoted from the new owners, from owner area supervisor to pawnbroker, which doesn't make much money at all. This took me about three months to arrange. That doesn't make sense, dude. Then I sold the company locations back to my parents for a dollar. So you sold it for a dollar, you bought it back, and then you sold it again, and you bought it back with your own money. I need, a, I need to be a lawyer to understand this. And he goes, I think I somehow got demoted from the new owners, from owner area supervisor to pawnbroker, which doesn't make much money at all. This took me about three months to arrange all this, so I acted like I was trying to work it out so that she wouldn't want a divorce yet. Needless to say, after it was all said and done, she thought that she was going to get a hefty amount of money when I actually think it was a pretty fair split. Do you think I did what I did was fucked up? Also, I kind of found a way around the divorce settlement, which is an old thing you brought up. But still, I'd like your opinion. Um, okay, a loyal fan who says, fuck those cunts who follow you for 15 years and give up on you. Oh, thank you. Um, no, I think what you did was genius. You know? Um, 
the way that she went about getting this divorce and calling the cops on you and then that's on your record that I mean that was she she kind of established the playing field. You know what I mean? It's one of those knife to a gunfight things. She established the playing field and um and you played the game accordingly. I mean, I think the fact that you guys both seems like you got married young. Maybe she just didn't know how to break up with you in a more of a mature way. So she kind of broke up with you mentally, stayed with you, begun another relationship, and then just when you went away, just dropped the hammer and tried to do a one, like a one-stop thing. Locks are gone. He's bugging me. This is the guy I'm fucking. See ya. And you you get all that information in 90 seconds. Um, whatever. So then you make sure she doesn't get the pawn shops. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that's pretty fair. And it sounds like she's young enough to build up her own empire. And with the cold, calculated way that she dealt with cutting you out of her life, I think she's going to do great in the corporate world. So she'll be fine. So fuck it. You did the right thing. Good for you. Good for you. All right. Wrap up for the show here. All right. That's it. That's it for the podcast, by the way. Um, I want to thank everybody who's been listening. The listenership has been steadily climbing up. And um, and everybody who's been coming out to my shows. Um, I, I got to tell you, I'm having more fun than I, I've ever had on stage in my life. And I really feel like I'm going through this growth period. I've been pushing myself. This, these things, I've, this few things I've been trying to work on in my act. And uh, it's like the it's been like a three year process, and I, I feel like I'm pushing through right now. And uh, so I just, I don't know. I feed off the crowds, and you guys show up. It's really been helping to push me. So I just wanted to say actually something nice for for once on the podcast. So thank you. Um, and I'm off the road here after six weeks in a row on the road. I'm off for the next two three weeks. So I'm going to be going around L.A. trying to work on some stuff. Re uh, recharge my batteries here. Juice, do some yoga, do some pull-ups, climb the rope. Uh, whatever the fuck I'm going to do. Watch some football, watch some hockey and that type of shit. Uh, I'm going to chill out here for a few weeks. And uh, anyways, that's the podcast for this week. Uh, my next show's coming up, believe it or not, or not until November. All right. And uh, I got a run of shows coming up for uh, – I'm doing D.C., New York City, Philadelphia – I don't have the exact dates. These are all on my website. And then I also am going to be doing, I'm making up the last bit of the Red State tour dates. Uh, I'm doing Deadwood, South Dakota, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, Wichita, Kansas. And uh, that's going to be the last of it. So I make those up. Is there anything else I'm doing there? I don't know. All I know is I'm thinking of going to Deadwood a day early. In fact, I know I'm going to go because I want to see some stuff when I'm out there. And uh, and then I'm going to leave early the next day before Oklahoma because uh, the Sooners have a game that day. I'm going to try to make it unless the flex schedule makes it an 8 o'clock game. And uh, and I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do in Kansas other than I'm not going to say, hey, we're not in Kansas anymore, and look around and have everybody fucking roll their eyes like they haven't seen that 58 58- I mean, heard it 58 times a fucking day from Taurus. All right, I'm babbling here. That's the end of the show. Um, Now that the show's over, don't forget to sign up for your free trial of Hulu Plus. Once again, Hulu Plus lets you binge on thousands of hit TV shows anytime, anywhere, on your TV, PC, smartphone, or tablet. You never have to miss a show again with your busy schedule. It's the perfect way to consume television 
these days or movies, whatever you want to do. Support this podcast and get an extended free trial of Hulu Plus when you go to the podcast page at BillBird.com and click on the Hulu Plus banner or go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill. That's HuluPlus.com slash Bill. Uh, that's the podcast. Go fuck yourselves. Um, I will see you guys in D.C., New York, and Philly in a month. And uh, I'm home for the whole month. I'm psyched. Going to make another fucking pumpkin pie and shit. Get ready for Halloween. All right? That's it. I'll talk to you later. <laughs>